Welcome back to The Suspense is Killing Us. It's me, your co-host, Kevin Clark, over here to my right this time. Travis Andrew Vote. There he is, over here across the table from me. It's me, Matt. Yeah. I'm going with my middle name now because it sounds classier. Yeah? Yep. Do you want a nickname Tav? Did anybody ever call you Tav? Nobody ever called me Tav. Nobody should either. Ever. <laughs> ever! <laughs> Tavis? Tell me that, uh, fat, that fat guy in the corner. Jeez. Oh, shit. Yeah, Always. that was the teacher's. Always, the teachers put you in the corner. <laughs> they put me in the spotlight as well, and that's why I lost my religion. Yay! Wow. <laughs> we are we are going already did, on fire. Did on you ever? Fire. Did you ever have any religion to lose? Yeah, I dabbled. I dabbled in that shit. You guys want to talk about religion for no, a little bit? I don't Come want on, to talk guys. about that at all, Come, guys. And then politics. Ugh. I'm sure people already love how much we talk about that. Oh man. Religion and politics. Well, that could be something that we could pivot onto because I don't the think we're all very is killing us. We're all very knowledgeable about these subject matters. <laughs> sure, <laughs> we're real smart guys about other stuff. We're already dumb enough about movies, I figure. Yeah, or or numbed by them anyway. Be numbed. Yeah. Be numbed by movies. It's yeah. our religion. Sure. Yes. Yes, it is. See? See what I did there? It's our politics too. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> What have we learned? I agree with the politics of the Rambo movies and little else. (laughs) (laughs) They call me a pure reactionary. (laughs) I think that the government is stopping us from doing good at these wars that we need to do. (laughs) God damn it. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Could have gone one all Vietnam, but the fucking pencil-pushing, needle-nosed bureaucrats wouldn't let us drop a nuke on them. Or whatever. That's true. <laughs> I don't know, I don't that's know if that's Rambo's thing. That's not Rambo's thing, really, until the second one. The second one. No, Wait, first, until... first Blood is... Um... Well, he doesn't even feel that way necessarily in the second one. He, eh. He's more so in the third one, where he helps set up... Pretty implicit. Set up the Taliban. The Taliban. The, one. the second one is very, very implicitly about how the Refighting government wouldn't world let us... or Vietnam, you know? Yes. The right. government was in the way of the soldiers, and then they abandoned the, the POWs. Yeah. Yeah, which, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm not it's against that, it's that. It's that they wouldn't let us win narrative that is right. horseshit. Mm. That, that is, that is a, it just right. as much bullshit as, like, the South, the Civil War wasn't about slavery narrative that came out. I do like the part where he shoots all the computers at the end, though. Yeah. It's Fucking Charles Napier. tired of these yeah, computers! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, Cameron. that's Cameron there. Oh yeah, I mean they they pretty much butchered his script. I've read his original script, but that feels like I mean, but but, yeah. but that feels like Cameron, like that, like the real bad guys aren't like Rambo's oh, not going back to kill Vietnamese people because he hates them. Right. The real bad guys are like these guys who are like the you know in charge of everything. The Burks, which of the world. you know when you Vietnam history, it's like sort of true. Like the bad guys were like you know the people in charge that were like, yeah, we're gonna keep doing this war, right? Even though we shouldn't. Yeah, that movie, you know. that movie straddles, but uh, is is like straddling the original movies, like far more, like personal story, yeah. and then like Reagan. Yeah, and then the third one is just full on like we need to go, <laughs> we need to go to these other countries and save right. them from the commies, and then, <laughs> save them from commies. And then what are the politics of <laughs> of the uh, well, of, of Rambo, where he's where it's like fifty minutes of him just shooting a machine gun at people. It's, I don't the, it's know. the most boring like machine gun scene in a movie ever. He kills a lot of people. I got so tired of and it. They just explode it's too. All, it's, it's a lot it's of like, CGI people yeah. getting mowed Some down of it, too. But it's, it's very I enjoy that it's movie, very, but it's very it's very cool at first like when he the first like five guys he shoots and their heads blow up and then mm-hmm. they like it's like guys just keep running at machine gun bullets <laughs> and you're like so this is the this is the whole movie? I remember and then the movie ends he's like I did it I saved these 
people. Or, yeah. And you're like, what? That's Bush calls they itself. Are they, Jones is they're Jesus missionaries. Man. He's like, because they're missionaries. So he's like shepherding these missionaries up the river. I mean, uh, has anybody seen the new one? No, but I no, have I, heard. I've heard I've some only, things. I've as Robert De Niro might say, it's really bad. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's like first of all, I mean, I'm not Stallone's directed a lot of bad movies, but he can be a good director. He didn't direct this one. Some other dude did, and it's really really poorly done. And uh, it's like 80 minutes before the credits are over. It's like barely a movie. And in this one, he's I, like. By the way, first of all, in defense of 80 minute movies, sure, that's like fine. I love that's movies usually, that are 80 that's minutes. Usually it's usually great. a good thing. That's usually a good thing, but this is just like we didn't really have a movie, right? You he's know? basically like a, a stalker, horror stalker. In well, in this movie, one, right? he's like he's like you know retired now and like <laughs> living in the 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 south somewhere like Texas or Arizona, I forget. And like he's got this like sort of adopted family. That he's like living with, and he's like sort of taking them in and stuff. It's this these uh, this Mexican family, and like the girl goes across the border into Mexico, like his niece he calls her, and she gets like abducted by drug by the drug cartel. Mm-hmm. Of course, like and so you do. he he goes to rescue her and like slices a bunch of them up, and then <laughs> goes he like sh- I think she if I remember correctly she dies anyway, but then he goes and then he goes back to his to his ranch or whatever, and uh, and the bad guys the cartel guys like come after him to like exact their revenge on him. And Big so he, mistake. He like home alones them. <laughs> That's right. I heard a lot of home alones. He's got, I, I, like, everybody he's got was this ca- intricate yeah. network of tunnels under his property, and it's like all he's got the whole thing booby trapped. So he just like the last like thirty minutes of the movie are just like brown dudes with machine guns like going like where is he where is he and then and then they like he'll like gut a guy from like stem to stern like literally like groin to the top of his head you know <laughs> he ma- there's he, he makes a guy step on micro machines but they have razors in him whoa r rated home alone spoiler alert it actually ends with him like ripping out a dude's heart with his bare hands and showing it to him before he dies See, what, um, this is that's like what the fuck. <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of something I want to see though. But doesn't I'm he only like reach into things. someone's like break someone's collarbone like by reaching oh, in and like just maybe. grabbing the collarbone? I, I don't remember. What if you just? What that sounds if, like something he would have done. What if they just replaced? Uh, like, what if you took that whole movie, same thing exactly, but you took. You replaced Rambo with Jason Voorhees. <laughs> I mean, it's, he was that was it's it, not dissimilar. It got compared to J. He got compared to Jason Voorhees and Macaulay Culkin the most in the reviews. Because that's read. that's like the only Friday the Thirteenth movie I would enjoy probably because Jason it would it would imply Jason Voorhees is a real person and he's like <laughs> but the same plot like he lives at this ranch he's got this family who's like who but he doesn't say anything and he looks like Jason Voorhees with like a bird Did you head see sticking the... out of the back of a hockey mask and he's like <laughs> silent the whole time but they like treat him like he's a re- or like a regular. person person and then he murders a did you drug did cartel. you see the stephen king jason Voorhees thing where he's like i have this book i would i would love to write this book about jason called oh yeah I, jason which is just yeah. about this guy this guy who's like a serial murderer and never die. dies yeah. <laughs> jesus <laughs> they should it's kind of like the violence in the, that video game we were talking about in like last of us too it's just like brutal yes. deadly violence i'm not sure i don't want to complain about the no, violence because video games that. but i would say if there was an option to turn off the gurgling noise when you cut someone's throat, I would probably do it. <laughs> have you, boy? I'm have you encountered with many of them sound. begging for their lives yet? Ah, a little bit. There, there. I did. Get, I stealth them out a lot, so I didn't get. I'm ton all, of almost that. all stealth. Yeah, but you should. You should really try because it's well. It's a lot of fun. They're like, oh, you don't have to do this, and if you don't do anything, they just die eventually anyway. <laughs> Just, to, just it, 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 because there's a it's a good game, so there's a hearty mix of like sound effects and mm-hmm. stuff. So there's about eight or nine different options for when you cut someone's throat, which is most of the game, just cutting people's throats. But one of them is like a minute yeah. of them going, <laughs> 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 
and you're just like, stop, stop it. You got to you got to do other stuff to him because then you get like <laughs> you get a, a different range of reactions. Like you can shoot him in the face. Uh, if you yeah. if you blow their legs off, they scream for a while. <laughs> <laughs> but this game is a meditation on uh, the nature of reciprocal violence, everybody. Yeah, so, the, the, uh, the, oh. you're the vicious, a bad guy the for enjoying this. The vicious circle of reciprocal violence. Yes. You can also like shoot them with arrows and like hobble them and stuff. Um, if you get into a lot of hand-to-hand combat with them, which I didn't tend to do because like like you, I would stealth I would stealth a lot of them, but like you can just like bash their heads into the wall until they're dead. I do like to use the uh, melee weapons a lot, and that's always those are up. fun, especially if you get some of the weird ones, like the crowbar does a lot of damage. <laughs> no shit. Yeah, that's fun. Um, and and uh, you can like if you get them, you know, you hit them a couple of times, and then it'll bring up a prompt. It'll go strike, and then you'll like grab them by the head and like smash their head into the oh, floor. I've not seen that. <laughs> or like uh, you can. It depends on like how the fight's going. Like if you get that last hit in, it'll do like a fun animatic for you. But it is a meditation. Uh, it is yes. a bleak and brutal meditation on the nature of reciprocal violence. Revenge. And, uh, and you guys, you guys really, you guys clearly are really getting that. Yeah, clearly, from the game. yes. Yeah, I've, I've definitely like, I was, I was playing it like the first, uh, the first like couple hours I played it when it's like kind of extra bleak and slow. I was like, man, this is like dreadful, you know? Like I was like, I was like, I'm not stoked about like booting this up again in the morning and and like seeing what other horrors await me. But by the time I got through like 10 hours of it and I was just like every time I would like blow somebody's knee off and they would scream for their friends and beg me not to finish the job, I would be like, this is great. This is so much fun. It does kind of numb you to it. They have like all the dudes you kill like like they have names and stuff. They like call out to their friends. Steve, like, Steve, Steve, Steve. Let me- do I need to get the children to help come find you? Are seven children each more adorable and younger than the last? And 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 like here's the thing. Do you, I don't I don't I haven't played this, but like, do you think that that's like partly they're trying to go like yeah, oh yeah, violence is bad, but that partly they're going like the people making the game clearly also were like, wouldn't it be fun to blow away a guy and then he's calling for his friend Steve? Who's Steve? <laughs> we never see Steve. We never see you. Never meet Steve, but Steve Steve's not going to help him either. Steve's yeah. not going to save this guy. Wouldn't it be awesome to go out there and just fucking kill a guy while he's screaming for his friend Steve? I had a I had like a, I think that they also think they also think that's cool. They're like, but then they oh, they can totally. get go like yeah, but like isn't it really also like sad to kill people? But then why make a game where it's super fun to do it? <laughs> I had one. The other day I was I was stalking two soldiers. It was it was a man and a woman, and they were like chatting for a second with yeah, each other. Lots of women, and they were like walking around in the tall grass. And I'm like under a, a wall where they can't see me, and they turn around and start to sort of walk their separate ways. And I climb up and I grab the woman by the back of her hair and I like slit her throat and you know dump her body. <laughs> and like then I hide again in the tall grass. And the other guy like turns around and he's like, Shannon, where'd you go? Shannon. What happened? <laughs> And I'm just Shannon. like I'm just sitting there going Perfect. like Shannon's dead, motherfucker. Shannon's I just dead. Like creeped up behind him and did and, the same to him. And let me Shannon and let me, isn't here. Let me ask you Marla. something real quick. What uh what was it that Shannon did to you that caused you to do that? Absolutely nothing. Okay, she would she would have <laughs> shot me if she saw me. Sure. Sure. I mean, right. That's what that's what everybody says when they I, I, yeah, I don't want to spoil anything for the game, but there is a device that they use where like you're killing a bunch of people and then at a certain point there's a device that shows you these people again and you're like, "Oh, they were nice." Yeah, right. <laughs> It's crazy. It does that with dogs too. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to get too much into spoilers because everybody should play this game. And it takes also just a little thing. This does take place in Seattle, <clears throat> yeah, in the apocalyptic ruins. And while it's not geographically accurate, there's lots of it that is very like where the specific location you're at is Looks quite really accurate. Good, yeah. yeah. And if you're a Seattle resident or if you've lived in this town for a while, it is 
pretty wonderful. You're posting about the com- is it the old Comedy Underground or no? The it wasn't. Comedy it wasn't technically like I don't. It didn't say like the Comedy Underground on it. But is like, it where I, the Comedy I, Underground is now or the old? Where it used well, they're to be. both pretty close together, okay, but yeah. and there's a scene where you're just going through these buildings in P- Pioneer Square in the the area where it would have been, and you very well could have just like stalked through where the com- where either one of the comedy undergrounds were, right? And then you'll and then you'll pop up. You'll be in like this total like labyrinth of like ruins, and then you maybe pop up to a higher location and go, oh shit, it's that thing that uh, I'm very familiar yeah. with. Would you say though that that's the only time you killed at the Comedy Underground? <laughs> <laughs> Derek Sheen already made that joke. Did he? Yeah, yeah. I, was, I saw it on Facebook. That's pretty yeah. good. And well, then, and then well, he probably didn't do about, it on our podcast. And then probably about 60 other people were like, damn it, I was going to make that uh, joke. I liked the part where you killed uh, like 20 or 30 soldiers in a bombed out, dr- flooded Pacific place. I was definitely amused by that. Wait till the Space Needle shows up. Oh my God, yes. It, it, <laughs> it makes a very brief appearance. I can't believe how much more of this game there is to go. Mm-hmm. I've been playing it for what feels like months. Yeah. It's only been a week. Huge. Yeah. But it's been all I've done. And well, you know what else I did? I watched three Tom Berenger movies. Yeah, oh, yeah. Tom Berenger. Yeah. <laughs> I was look I was I was looking for one. There's no well, there's, when we were I was doing, like, well, how can we get it? How can we get how can I go from this to Tom Berenger? There we was were, just there was we like just no fucking Rambo. way. No, we were talking about Rambo. I was gonna bring up Platoon as a Vietnam movie and then oh, go from there. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. got off the track. It's my fault. No, it's okay. They're just I was like, there's got to be something in this video game. And it's like, like, like all, like everything with video games, it's a dead end street. Right. You're mm. just like, this isn't going anywhere. But today's <laughs> don't episode, get those gamers after us, man. Hey, Gamergate, come gamer after me. me. No, don't get the gamers. What? We'll get more listeners. Don't get the gamers are fucked up, man. Get, get the open the open that gamer gate and <laughs> let them all in. Wow, mm. that's a t-shirt. Is it a gate? Isn't action on an actual gate? I don't know. It's Not a yet. virtual gate. No, once they're once all the gamers are in charge, they'll build a gate like the Brandenburg Gate, Berg Gate, or, or the, like or the like the, gamers. or like the Watergate. Tear down this gate. You remember that the Watergate Hotel? How it's like there's the actual gate and they open it and water comes out. Yeah, it's gate, just like a gate keeping the water. That is in. kind of how I pictured it. When I, was, <laughs> when I always pictured Watergate as sort of like a waterfall with like maybe a pearly. It's got to be the underneath. most nondescript hotel you, in the city. <laughs> also, that, you know, I'm gonna get off topic real quick and then back on topic. But did you guys also, when you were kids, hear about the Iran Contra affair and like it would just make you the think game. of Contra? Oh yeah, well, <laughs> like, I mean, like right? until you, until I was like a teenager, I was like, uh, I didn't. I had it. I had an Ollie North coloring book pa- thing in a Mad Magazine. Like, I remember that. That was like Ollie North, and so I knew about it. But every time Iran Contra came up, I was like, Iran. I don't. I don't know. I don't have a visualization of that. But I know what Contra is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just thought of that flock of seagulls song in the video game, <laughs> and I was like, it sounds fun. It sounds fun. <laughs> Speaking of fun, there another one. Today's episode is called "Don't Poke the Behringer." That's Behringer. right. We have three Double Tom Behringer. Movies for you, Tom Berenger, 1987's "Someone to Watch Over Me," which I believe is our first Ridley, is it not? Yeah, gotta be good. Uh, 1991's "Shattered," woo, and our first Wolfgang Peterson, first Wolfgang Peterson, and the the return of uh, of uh, the third appearance, I believe, of one Rowdy Harrington. Yeah, what's the murder of crows? Jack's back and Uh, striking distance. Striking distance. distance. Wow. Rowdy Harrington is nothing. Nothing if not. Consistently rowdy Harrington. He's like, got a thing, like which he? is, and I think this is maybe my least favorite of the ones we've done. But like, it's, it's also very like amusing. they're also all of his movies are. You're like, this guy really goes to make. He just wants. He's like making movies. Yeah. Like this is a it like is exists only in a movie world. We'll yeah. get to it. But there's like a Harrington. You know what I mean? Un- yes, absolutely. It's like a it's like a bit of a style. It's yeah. hard to explain. Like, man. Maybe we'll be able to lay it out. And he's only made one truly great. He only made one truly great movie, yeah. Roadhouse. Yes. But like. 
there's something to his movies, even right. the ones I don't like very much. So. Unfortunately, this one is like I, I was I was bummed that it's not very Behringer heavy. He's more of a supporting character, in but it, he's but the best. He part. is great, and he is very he good. He's a highlight, it. though. I have, have to a, say, yeah. I have to say, I have to say, I mean, I. I Tom Berenger, it's not like I didn't like Tom Berenger. I've enjoy- I obviously enjoyed right. him in Platoon, which is a movie I've seen way too many times. Inception. And, and, yeah, he's good in Inception, Sliver, It's your of most favorite movie. Uh, That's right. He know, has made an appearance on the show once before. He's, yeah. to- he's Tom Berenger, but I just It's honestly, almost a shame that we didn't have Sliver for this one. But but he's like kind of, I don't know, I didn't. I, I think he's better in all three of these than sure. he is in Sliver. So yeah, yeah. this is actually a pretty good highlight for Tom Berenger yeah. because after these three movies, I'd seen none of them. I was like, I, Tom yeah. Berenger's pretty great. Yeah, not, me too. You have not run through the Sniper saga? <laughs> oh, yeah, yes. I have, I have not seen, substitute? I've only seen the first substitute, one. Substitute, yeah. Is he in any of the substitute sequels? I believe it's Treat Williams one? in the second one. Okay. I forget what happens after that. He might Treat come back. Treat Williams, a poor man's Tom Berenger. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Tom, I, I, I've always liked Tom Berenger, but I, there's n- also, but I don't love him. But sure. I like him in two of these. In two of these, he's playing like a real, a, in a different, to, to, to different degree, kind of a dope. And in one of them, it's because of a, external reasons. In the other one, it's because... He's he's just sort of a jackass, yeah. and then in the and in, in uh, Murder of Crows, he's he's playing like a Jimmy Buffett fan. It's very weird. <laughs> Who's also a cop? <laughs> he's but he's but he's playing essentially a kind of likable schlubbing leading man in these two, and I'd yeah. always pictured him just as I would not consider him as, schlubby in uh, Shattered. Well, just just sort of. Um, but maybe he's supposed befuddled. to be like. But he's like, supposed to be like an audience surrogate in that. He yeah, is, and every man. That's what, sort I guess of that's thing. what I mean by like a dope. He's sort of just like what? What's huh? happening? He's, I don't he's, know what's going on. Follow me around. Well. I try to come to grips with this situation. Yeah, and, and I'd always just sort of pictured him all as Barnes from Platoon, yeah, just right. as a full-on like a psycho. Yeah, he's like Tom Berenger, the guy that plays bad guys in, uh, you know, he's in that that Nazi movie that we watched, Betrayed, yeah. Betrayed, and Platoon, and he, it was just like Tom Berenger, you know, he plays bad guys. He plays confused very well. Yeah, like b- yeah. Er, uh, befuddled. In, in, the case, in the case of Shattered, confused, emotionally confused, or well, whatever he's supposed to be. I'm in the, the most case excited of about that. So someone to so watch over me. Let's get well, let's, let's get, get started. Let's get the let's get through this. This that's what Ridley Scott said when he started making this movie. <laughs> this is a, uh, let's get through this, please. Now, I need to get back to tea or this whatever. Is, this is a really strange Ridley movie because this was his follow up to he did Alien, yeah. Blade Runner, Legend, Legend, and then this. Someone to watch over me. And he did this. Clearly this was before Black Rain. Black Rain was next. Wow. Michael, my buns are falling. What are you talking about? Ellie, I love these buns. Now get them in the bed. Before they hit the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Hello? Hello? Okay, I'll be in in 20 minutes. I never saw anybody killed before. Take the witness and babysitter. But I don't want her to know that there's any real danger. Um, and so this one is definitely like... Well, also, you have to remember that, that Alien was a big deal, but Blade Runner and Legend were expensive flops. That's right. So uh, this is definitely like a kind of a reaction to that. I think he's trying to pull it in a little bit, make something a little more grounded, probably something cheaper. Probably that's what producers were like. You can make this movie, right? We will let you do this. And it's, I mean, you you can definitely tell that it, he's not really preoccupied with it. I mean, it seems it's it's flat even by the standards of a pretty you know '80s Ridley Scott movie. It's not necessarily his 
fault entirely. The script itself is it's like not very good. I feel like the script itself is kind of flat. Yeah, uh, absolutely. The story is really not. There's there. some highlights to it. I, well, uh, Lorraine Bracco is she's great. Lorraine Bracco is fucking great. Awesome. She is. She is for me was the, like the highlight of this movie because she's, she's, she's got the so interesting great. story. Because Lorraine Bracco yeah. is so great, it's a problem. Yeah. Because Tom <laughs> Berenger like cheats yeah. on her. Yeah, this is like, the Fatal Attraction why? issue too. I was watching because we were watching Fatal Attraction, and yes. it's the same thing. Where like it's there's the scene at the beginning of the movie where like he's in bed with his wife, and it's Lorraine yeah, Bracco, yeah. and she's like all pretty and sexy and very very funny. And it's like, why would what? Why did you cheat on your wife? The movie, re- yeah, it, yeah. The movie yeah. really goes out of its way, and I mean yeah. that the whole point of the movie is like the upper class and the lower class, right? And, but like it, go, it really goes out of its way to have uh, her character be like. This like I'm I'm like a tomboy from the neighborhood. Yeah. Hey, come on over here and like have Mimi Rogers be like a woman, right? You it's know, a, and it's so it's like that thing. But I was still the whole time I was still like, yeah, but Larry, stick with the 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 lady yeah. that you're married to is is fucking she's great. great. Yeah, she's amazing, and this lady is uptown the, girl. This lady's, like, there's the part where she's fix, she's fixing the car, and he's like bummed about it. I don't want my girl, my wife fixing no car. That's not sexy. Right. Yeah, it was like I was at a I was at a fancy party with this other lady. She's <laughs> an uptown girl. And it's like not only uh, <laughs> not only does it do that upper class and lower class thing, but it, like it's all about like his his like ambivalence. Like he wants to be in this like yeah. he wants to be in this like trendy nightlife world. But it's like everybody he encounters in that world treats him like garbage, including <laughs> Mimi Rogers. Yeah, yeah. And then he's just like, I can't help it. It's so great and attractive. I Let's just, get you a yeah. better tie. You look like shit with your regular person clothes or like the people at the party that are like the, the one lady who is like just asking him gross questions and that's stuff the, that's a highlight yeah. that's um, really funny a movie that remi- kept reminding me of that was weird weirdly was pretty woman yeah like it's a lot like pretty woman because she like takes him out to get him better clothes mm-hmm. and it's like it's like he's like from this like shitty world right she snaps and that she's ne- like, she snaps that necklace box on his hand and, he's, and he laughs, laughs it's like not i was it's not exactly like pretty woman but it was like it just the whole t- the whole thing with him being like groomed by her and yeah. how to be how to act proper was like very much reminding me of pretty woman in a gross way i think both of the movies are kind of gross although sure I don't know that like this one is wor- is I don't know which one's worse or better. This, but, like, I I feel he, like it needs to be pointed out that this movie's not outwardly bad. No no it's no. Just no like, it's just kind of dull. All the stuff that its main interest is, it's not executing for whatever reason. Right. I, I think Ridley Scott, at least as far as the look, the movie looks fucking gorgeous. Yeah, it looks good. Everybody's good in it. I think sure. Ridley Scott. I don't Scott- think the, the the script itself is like outwardly bad. There's not a whole lot of like stinker dialogue. It's just like the the. The concepts themselves, and, and especially the central romance, yeah. are inherently like either uninteresting in themselves or like not just kind of wrote don't work. Yeah, but that's what the movie's focus is. Right. So it's like half the movie is yeah. a drag. It the, just and the thriller part is just like a shrug. I, I think that the thriller elements were good. I mean, yeah, the, for the, the most part, the thriller, the thriller yeah. scenes were good. Yeah, sure. the but the, the thriller, the thriller through line on its own is like. Like, pretty, pretty feels boring. like it comes and goes. Like yeah. the movie drops it for long periods and then goes like, "Oh, but also remember, this is why they're together is because she is going to be a witness against this murderer who so just shows up and is like one of those great bad guys who's like who it's like the one arm man from the future, the one arm man who kills a guy and she sees kills, it and then L- he's like he kills LT from Platoon and then he's yeah. like, "I'm going to have to kill her because she saw it." And then, uh, like, but as he's going along, like they, he kills, he has to kill other people. Right? He's he's like, but he's one of those bad guys who's like. So his plan is to kill her so she doesn't, like, <laughs> witness against him. But in the process, he's like, I'm fine 
killing a whole bunch of other people to get to that. Like some old jogging man. Not only that, but and he, like, he and, has and, that, and uh, other cops and shit. And you're like, they're going to come after you for that, too. Do you remember when part of his plan <laughs> turns out to be, I'm going to turn myself in uh, and hope that they don't Mirandize me. And they which don't. Which they don't. No he, no, he got to that cop. <laughs> the, the idea is that he got oh, to the cop. Oh, he got to him? Yeah, and then oh, you get okay. you get some star you get some star chamber stuff in it because this guy like straight up murdered a person and a woman saw him do it and yeah. says that she saw him do it, but they're like he didn't read him his rights, so we gotta let him go. Yep. And, you're, and like that's a thing in movies that I suspect is not a thing in real life. Right. Well, I mean, they don't Miranda. It's hypothetically him, a thing. You can in get real the life. case tossed out. Yeah, I just feel like that probably never happens. I don't know. I think it's a thing that happened like twice, and, the, and then in the eighties and nineties, people were like, "This is a is a plague on our justice system, and we need vigilante justice." Also, because, but isn't there a scene in this though where he's like on the phone with some other cop, and he's like, "What? They let him go? Yeah, I thought you read him his rights." <laughs> <laughs> no, he he like says, I expected he, he the says, guy that busted him to read his rights. He's talking to his captain Jerry Orbach. Yep, uh, and he's yeah. saying, and Jerry Orbach's Underused. mad that he didn't Mirandize him, and he's like, and, and then Berenger sort of rightly is like, well, he went to the other officer, right? Who who arrested the guy? Him. He turned in the guy, the 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 stupid officer who the guy turned himself into. Should have been the one who read him as rights. Right. Not Tom Berenger, who chased him, but then didn't ultimately arrest him, right? I mean, yes, I don't know. Maybe correct. maybe I'm wrong. I've only, I only know about policing from movies, right. so I well, might be wrong. It but, doesn't really matter who, but yeah, the other cop should have done it too. Right, that's what, I'm, that's what I was thinking. I was like, don't yell at him, yell at the other right. guy. What the fuck? I was going to say we're, we're <laughs> blasting through this plot too fast, but honestly... We haven't even talked about the plot at all, really, but... Well, we're we're kind of not really, because that's very, there's I mean, very it's little very to threadbare. it. I mean, there's like the murder, the murder plot is this guy is like... I guess he's 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 ba- he like is bad at business, and so this business it's a yuppie, guy doesn't a yuppie want him. dude gets involved with the, with the gang with a gang yeah. guy, and, and the he, gang guy he, kills the yuppie he, dude. He stabs him to death. Yeah, uh, Mimi Rogers sees it. Mm-hmm. It's all very. It's, just, her, it's her. It's like her old friend too, like. yeah. and it's her old friend who's being who's 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 a bit sleazy and slimy. He's yeah. like hitting on her in front of her new uh, nebbish husband. And they're like, that's uh, just her boyfriend. But well, it's her boyfriend, right? Right. But, but yeah, he's but a total dweeb. He's a real load. Yeah. The killer's still. And on he's the, supposed to be. He's a dud. He's, he's supposed to be like this. Like, look at this rich guy that she's with. Stand but, up for yourself, point. Because also, it's about how she wants to be with Tom Berenger. Right. Because he's like a real. man. He's a real man. Oh yeah. He's I, a cop uh, and shit. I, I don't know if I can find his name handy, but that that dude who Josh John Rubenstein mm-hmm. plays her husband, and he is a Broadway legend. Yeah. Wow. Founded the role of. Pippin on Broadway in the 70s. Ah, Pippin! He's, he's, he's like huge. He worked with Bob Fosse and shit yeah. like that. And then also does a bunch of TV. But uh, yeah, he's he's just a dud in this. He's like the... Um, who's He keeps doing stuff to her. He's the, he's the, he's the Baxter. Yeah, he keeps doing stuff to her. And there's movies like, can't you just get over this guy trying to murder you stuff so we can like... This yes, is funny. This is fucking with our socialite lifestyle. It's yeah. great. It's it is funny how upset he is about the like the deal with her having to be under police protection, yeah. and he's like, Ugh, "Can't this just be done? Can we hurry this?" He's like, "Can you make sure this is done by the time I get back from my business trip to Aspen or whatever?" Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, I "Venice." Mean, it's a. Can we get him out of the movie for 25 minutes? <laughs> oh, he's got a business trip. Tom Berenger <laughs> yeah. has to fuck her, or we don't have a movie. Yeah, so Tom Berenger is assigned to be like, well, this sexy lady, we better assign a very handsome man. He's just been promoted to detective. That's right. And he's been promoted to detective in like a really big, like ritzy district. This is important because he's like, all of his cop buddies are like, oh, you're going, you know, because he lives in like fucking Staten Island or something like that. Where all cops live. Queens. Queens. And uh, Tom Berenger rocking a pretty (laughs) not great New York accent. But he's doing a thing and I liked it. it, But he's all excited because he's like out of the sticks, basically. He's like, I'm a real cop in the big city now in Manhattan. 
I'm going to I'm going to fucking wine parties at the Guggenheim Museum. There's over a here. bunch of great scenes there. Well, it opens with a scene of like a cop, like a like a cop part, New York cop party, and everybody is just yelling at each they other. They're all bunch of fucking working class slubs over here. Oh, get the fuck with Every, that cake. Oh, his cop, oh. uh, his cop buddy is the guy is the sleazy dude who sells everyone out in bad company. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I had to look him up because he looked very Forget familiar. Forget his name, to me. but that's that's the guy. Yep. And uh, and they and it's all very working class and th- and a lot of this stuff maybe maybe works better if if you're a New Yorker or something like that because they New York because the, the idea I I think and it's like you have to you don't get you don't feel it from the movie because they don't execute it properly but the idea is that he like he gets involved in this high society stuff and he's like well maybe this suits me and I'm not crazy about the working class. His but neighbor, he like, keeps talking about how his neighborhood has gone to shit. Yeah, he says this but they never really show hell. it. But all you see is his house, which seems nice. Sure, and then nice he house. goes to like her it's apartment, fine. and it's like the same size. But it looks like New a hotel York. lobby. But she lives in a hotel. Yeah, this yeah. is why it's this is why it's hard. Why New York makes it hard because you're he's like he goes into this fancy apartment that she lives in, and he's like, "Holy shit, I'm on fucking Dynasty here." And you're like, uh, <laughs> and you're like, but it's like the same size. Yeah. And then at one point he goes to like his his loser because like this is after he has an affair and gets kicked out of his house and he goes to his loser friend's yeah, apartment. Yeah, he's living with his friend now. And it's supposed now. to be like, oh man, what a loser! He's got a two bedroom apartment in New York. Yeah, and he's, he's gonna like, ride the bus like a schnook. He's like, look at all these rooms I got, and you're supposed to be like, bah, bah. what? And a you're like, but he's got boy. a whole huge apartment I mean, in New York. I mean, also, you're supposed to be like... Every place in also, New York is small. Also, you're, that guy is going like, man, div- getting divorced was the best thing ever happened to yeah, me, and yeah. it's a little sad, and it's it's all, it's it's like one step away from being like, do you sleep in a race car? You know? <laughs> That's true. That's and true. that scene felt like that to me, too. Like I actually thought about The Simpsons a lot during <laughs> during this like uh, kind of forced affair thing that happens. Yeah. Like, I thought that at a certain they point, Lorraine Bracco should... zero chemistry. Oh, it, well, yeah. that's Mimi Rogers' deal. She has zero chemistry with just yeah. about everybody. And I like Mimi Rogers. I think she's... That's why Tom Cruise divorced her. I kind of like her too, but she didn't have any chemistry with her. I don't think she's. I don't know that I've ever seen her in anything where I'm like, yeah, these people, Mimi Rogers and this guy or whatever, like they really. It is. is. She just has like a. She's detached. Mm -hmm. So when she's not playing a romantic lead, which is rarely in movies I've seen her in, it's like pretty. It's like okay, yeah, she seems like a person. Yeah. In, In this movie, she just is like a nice lady. And it is supposed to be one of those things where he just sees her and is like, holy shit. Yeah. But yeah. Un- but unfortunately, and maybe it's, I don't know, through the lens of history? I don't know. But you just keep going like, yeah, but she's no Lorraine Bracco. Right. <laughs> He's like, His wife gonna... is cool and fun. His wife is awesome. <laughs> and yeah. she's fucking cute. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it's not a thing where this, whatever, I don't want to get too, like, I don't want to get too into like, Appearances or whatever. No, no, no. Like, they're I, they're but, both beautiful but like, women. It's not like I I I kind of hate that in movies. Right. It's like that fucking uh, Ocean's Eleven scene. Where, and yeah, Julia Roberts, like, by the way, is day. an attractive woman. Right. Whatever. But that scene where she comes down and he's like, "Best part," and Matt Damon's down there going, "Best part," and you're like, "What the fuck is this?" Like, <laughs> come on, movie, don't Ooh. just like take that out. Like, you don't need you don't need it. You don't need him to point out how hot. But like, it's his movies like where right. where like people they immediately he immediately falls in love with like he's like, "Man, yep, this is the this oh, is the this woman is, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cheat leave on my, my wife, wife and son." How am I supposed to fucking resist that? And, and you're like, yeah, she's nice. Seems like a nice it's lady. It's hard to buy. Well, you know, <laughs> it also just sucks that they that they're that they're using the two women as like the poles yeah. of his co- his class conflict. Yeah, it just sort of sucks. It's skeevy. Yeah, um, there's a 
this is this is a thing that I thought might improve it. I don't know, but like you know how I also thought about Unfaithful a lot watching uh-huh. this, and how Unfaithful shows a lot of the stuff. Right. This movie like is 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 basically postulating that this this relationship is love is like a yeah, love yeah. is like kind right. of a faded an ill-fated love affair between yeah. the two. Because you're supposed to be sad when it's like, it didn't work out and he had to go back to his wife. Yeah. And you're like, but wait. But I mean, <laughs> yeah. you're supposed but to be like, sad and happy at the sure. end. When it's, he gets back with, with her at bitter, the end. It's bittersweet. And I'm just like, like I'm, I feel bad for the poor betrayed wife. <laughs> yes. Ah, it's oh. fine. I still love you. I mean, I absolutely, she's like the victim of yeah. everything here. Because the other two. And care, she kills yeah. the villain. <laughs> like, she's the one who she's fucking blows the Absolutely the hero. Great, and she's I a guess. cop. I mean, it's it's established that she's a cop or was and is no longer on the force because she's taking care of their it's, son and stuff yeah. like that. It's a whole family of cops thing. Yeah. It's like my father was. My, a she actually corp. has that. My, my father was a cop. My father was a cop. My husband's a cop, and my stupid son. You've got child. a cop living in your building. <laughs> Janice Rossi, Janice Rossi you in but two R. Mister Superintendent, you've got a cop in this building. Lorraine Brock. Fucking Lorraine Brock. Fucking Karen's awesome. Uh, she's the Karen. original Karen. She's the original. Karen. It's all I can think. Karen. Whenever people are talking Karen. about that now, that's all I can. I think know. It's all I think about. I don't ever think like my about, mother's like, name is Karen too, so it's just even worse. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, it, but like in Unfaithful, they it's it's like a carnal thing, right? And you see a lot of like the sex that they're having. Well, you and, get it, and, and, and when, that, and that when works. they're together, because that movie's very sexy. And when they're together, you're like, oh, these fucking people are gonna fuck. There's no way around it. And when and these, Richard and, and Richard Gere is a dud in that and, movie. And also, kind of, yeah. Well, I mean, but he's supposed to be right. Yeah. But also, also Richard when you Gere. see that, when you see the hot guy that she wants to fuck in in Unfaithful, yes. you're like, well, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, you're, just, you're not like, you're not like, maybe. Right. I don't know. But you, yeah. t- but when you, they start you fucking, you t- you're like, yeah. I mean, obviously, right. this is bad that she's cheating on her husband. But I, th- come on. Yeah. Whereas when it happens in this one, you're like, I guess. Yeah. I guess they're fucked, but then because they don't the show anything. The they just like so. make yeah. out, and then they then you see them in bed later, and then they seem to like each other. And yeah. it's uh, I guess it's love. What is this? Yeah, it's very it's very thin. But yeah. the, again, the movie looks great. Yeah, this is yeah. Ridley Scott shooting in New York on location stuff in New York <laughs> in the winter, so there's lots of like steam billowing out of cars, I mean, billowing out of grates. Really, it's beautiful really pools Scott, of light. I don't think he's ever made a bad looking movie. Mm. No, I don't think so. I don't know that it, movie. That movie everybody shits all over the Goodyear, which I kind of like. I've never seen it. Like it's not. I mean, it's it's, it's pretty. It is. It is what it is. It's it's Russell Crowe inheriting a a, a, a wine vineyard, and he's like a rich guy. You know, it's like a Garden State kind of shit. It's where he absolutely you know, like you know, it's, it's uh, white rich businessman like finding himself shit. But like, it's not bad, and yeah. like, it looks fucking great. Because Ridley it's Scott's like, I'm gonna shoot that. I'm gonna sh- Ridley Scott's gonna shoot the hell out of a fucking Goodyear. You know, right. like I don't know. Ridley Scott can't. He doesn't. He hasn't made a movie where I'm like, boy, this looks like garbage. I mean, maybe Gladiator's the closest thing. <laughs> yeah, gl- Gladiator's one of honestly. Yeah, I like but that movie. That's but a it's pretty got its movie, moments. But yeah, it's got some moments, but it I also looks Prometheus, like dirt mostly. Prometheus half looks like shit. No, I don't. I think Prometheus I looks like 100 awesome. Do, we got to do Prometheus uh, on the <laughs> maybe. on the Patreon someday maybe. if we want to really get in a fight. <laughs> I don't know if I can, I don't know if I'm getting a fight over it, but that one's I do well, love that. Well, movie. I think you guys love that movie, and I hate it. So yeah. that would that would it might be the biggest gulf. But I just uh, I don't know. I mean, I have to. That's a movie where pe- people whenever but anybody's like. Everybody's like, you know, and this is what's wrong with Prometheus, and this is stupid, and then this fucking guy does this. What's that all about? I'm like, you're not wrong. I still love that yeah, movie. Exactly. Like it was on in a bar, uh, and it like the sound was off like several months Mesmerizing. ago. Mesmerizing. And I, and uh, <laughs> and I was watching, and I watched. I'm like, man, this movie looks fucking amazing. I was yeah. just, and it, I was just watching it. So you know, also has this so it's one like of that's the my that's my defense. 
encountered. My defense of P- Prometheus is, well, I yep, like it. I like it. So yeah. I can't really. I, I, I will not. I'm not going to get in. I can't defend that guy who's supposed to be a uh, f- some kind of fucking oh, scientist going his like helmet off coochie cooing like, yeah. a snake monster. I'm like, no, that doesn't make any sense. I still love the movie. Yeah. So you know, I came here into space for the money, <laughs> brother, brother. That's the bad I'm a guy punk from rock. I'm yeah. a punk rock geologist. Good anyway. stuff. Uh, well, we'll do a three-minute episode on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> There's your. There it is. <laughs> but Just yeah, like it. so. As, so as soon as Sean Berenger's brought on board with uh, Mimi Rogers, there's a little bit of tension at first, where she's like, eh, "Don't touch my dress and whatever," and like, "I don't know about this ruffian or whatever." And then he like, she's like, "I'm gonna go to this party at the Guggenheim, and you can't stop me or something." And he's like, "I gotta go with you, Dad." She's like, "I'm coming. I'm coming to the fucking party with you." I guess I better go with you, Dad. I gotta stop this guy from oh, killing you. Oh, where you going, lady? I gotta yeah. follow you in this, and I'm wearing this <laughs> shitty tie. And while he's there, she's like, "I've gotta go." Uh, well, I'm talking to all my shallow, vapid, rich friends, <laughs> but I've gotta go take a pee. And he's like, "I better go in there with you. I, like, think I think I can, I can handle, handle it. it." And at this point, this and like, he's like, "Yeah, okay." Fine. He's terrible at his job. Uh, <laughs> this is exactly when the killer pops up, too. It's amazing. But, like, he is being distracted by this, like, vapid uh, socialite lady who is, like, really obnoxious to him. And this is, like, probably my favorite part of the whole movie. Does it give you a boner? T- yes. She oh, goes, God. Do the, yeah, she do goes, have you, ever, have you ever shot anyone before? And he's like, yeah. He's yeah. like, doesn't it make you hard, you know, erect? I heard it gives you a boner to shoot a man. But, you know, I think it's good if a man's work gives him a boner. <laughs> You know, when I get a good stock tip, I and then he goes, "Excuse me for a moment." Yeah. <laughs> I think my I think the person I'm looking after is being assaulted in the bathroom by the one-armed man. Then she <laughs> and she, and she, corner, she corners him again, yeah. right? Yeah, that might be the first she, time that she, she corners him, him a second time and yeah. is like also weird. I want to talk him. more about boners with you <laughs> because I'm a wealthy socialite. You know, Manhattan talk. She says boner a lot, which was funny. <laughs> Boner. I think the word the word boner is funny because it used to be it used to be something that they say in the past where it meant like a mistake or whatever. Like, ah, oh, you really it was made also a boner. The, the name of Kirk Cameron's buddy on Growing Pains yep. was named Boner. Yep. Good gracious, more Satan's boners. <laughs> it's just funny to that. That's so because it's like supposed to be pointing out this like uh, class divide. But it's mostly, and how but ghost most, she's supposed to be. Yeah, but mostly it's just funny because this like this like vapid rich lady is saying boner <laughs> like more what? than more than once. It's another one of those one of those classic cases of, of a person in a movie that is presented to you that like have a, get away from this person right, and I'd be like, I'd want to talk to this lady. She wants, right. She's just going on about boners. How is this boring? She like I mean. He he should she should immediately be like maybe maybe I can have sex with this rich lady because she's <laughs> she's got into, you know, real the other, interest in boners. The other lady is like doesn't seem very interesting or interested in you, and this lady just comes up to you and right. is like, hey, uh, I hear you're a cop. Do you want to talk about boners? Uh, what? Yes, yes, I do. And here and here's a moment. I I'll, bet he did get a boner when he shot that person. Oh, too. I would have. Here's a moment where they Jeez. could also make the kind of romance between the two seem less unnatural if he like maybe saved her in the bathroom here <laughs> somehow and stuff. But no, they get the one armed man is just like, if you uh, testify against me, I'll fucking kill you. Goodbye. And then Tom <laughs> Berenger like shows up. He's like, you okay? Like that's it. <laughs> also, like the guy. I mean, whatever, because the movie would be over. But like. Why doesn't he just kill her? Right. Like, why doesn't he just kill her in that scene? Like, he's, I he, goes, scare he goes, I'm going to kill you if you <laughs> testify. And you're like, well, because in the earlier scene, he's presented as like this psychopath. Like, he, the other guy, he like just murders the dude. He just right. straight up murders this Stabs guy. He's him like, in the Fuck, you. Fuck it, I'm going to kill you. 
So, like, what's keeping him from killing this lady at all? I don't know, especially because later on he, like, kidnaps Tom Berenger's wife and <laughs> right? son. It's like, jeez. He's practically I mean, omnipotent. He's I, just everywhere yeah, at all times. He has Bugs Bunny powers. He can barely be stopped. It's, he's got people working for him, apparently. I think he's a gangster. It's, I don't know. It's just, for, like, all that thriller, yeah. all the thriller shit in it is so perfunctory. It is. Right. But that's a, that, and that would be okay because, like, the thriller shit in, like, Sea of Love isn't super interesting either, but the relationship between the characters is really interesting, so it, it carries well, that, that, I guess that's a good. Oh, fuck! <laughs> fuck me! Oh, but that, but when the a... wet ass hour happens, this movie can't can't bring the goods. But that's a good comparison because uh, this is like clearly trying to do like some. I don't know which one came out first, but this is like a similar trying to, is a similar type of thing first, as Sea yeah. of Love. But like in that one, their relationship between the two characters is the most interesting part of that movie. Yeah, yeah. Like those two actors, you're like watching them they do like have fire chemistry. off at each other. They do have chemistry. And this movie, it's like, hey, well, we've got these two actors who signed the who signed on. Yeah. Uh, They'll do their level best. They're gonna say the lines from the script, and then we'll stop filming at <laughs> <Right>. some point. <laughs> they both seem nice, <laughs> and the, they the, do both seem nice. <laughs> the movie Even- also has this other dumb problem with the class stuff because it's like it wants you to be aware that the rich, that sort of the upper class, the rich people are like these gauche yeah. assholes who don't really—they're not grounded. They don't have any connection to any like real, you know, whatever you want to call it, spiritual truth or something. You know, what dirt. I, mean? they're, they're, I call it dirt. They're 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 idiots, you know. They're gauche rich assholes, but like, and and we're we're also shown all the ways in which his like family life and his working class stuff is like the the morally and aesthetically superior choice. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. But uh, you have to believe that you would want to be part of the the upper class rich thing. You just it it expects that you're going to take that as red, and it doesn't work. It's yeah. trying to have it both ways, and it can't. It expects that you're going to take a lot as red. In yeah. this movie, and that's including why, including that they the love each other. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That romance stuff is just, I guess. Yeah, they. I guess so because you're literally telling me, oh, yeah. they're in love. Like, okay, right. I don't see. I love you, you know. And you're like, really? <laughs> it is because I've been watching his, this whole fucking movie, like, and I don't believe it. It's yeah. like it's like you you gotta choose between you got you can either stay with your fucking ready made whore, <laughs> or you can come back to me. You're beautiful, extremely funny, awesome, swearing, gun toting wife, gun toting wife, who's also the mother of your weird fucking child. <laughs> Who has multiple skateboards? <laughs> remember has, the part where he complains about how many skateboards? <laughs> skateboards all over the well, place. Maybe stop buying him so many fucking skateboards. You don't need I think multiple skateboards. One is enough. <laughs> remember the part where he breaks an entire bottle of juice all over the place, and she's just, just like, leave, leave it. it. <laughs> <laughs> My dad would have fucking socked me if I did something like that. Yeah. Once he. <laughs> well, these parents are cooler than your dad. Yeah, and this right? was the eighties. It's around the time. Um, there there is also a scene where when he's like starting to kind of like fall. He, I think he's already been sleeping with Mimi Rogers, and then he's back at his home. But she does, but uh, Lorraine Bracco doesn't know about it, and yeah. and she's like, "We gotta go take care of this fucking bills to buy a new fucking house." And he's like, "You have to you have use these so swear words yeah, so much." He, she think, he thinks she's she, vulgar she's now. Like, what he's the like, fuck? I swear around you all the fucking time. You fucking giving me shit about it now. You piece of shit. All of a sudden, you think it's fucking vulgar? Because now you're fucking Rockefeller. You piece of goddamn you are garbage. But a hawk. <laughs> What's wrong with your paisley tie? Not without your keys, you're not. Lorraine Bracco, by the way, on the other hand, doing a fucking amazing accent because I think she's from there. She's from Long Island, but like she, I love Lorraine Bracco is like when she's like, I mean, I love The Sopranos Mm -hmm. and like so, you know. But just every time, anytime she's talking, and I just love the her the accent she does when she's uh, 
from Long Island or whatever. I think Lorraine Bracco has had a very good career. She's obviously in one of the this. She's great in this. She's in one of the greatest TV shows of all time and one of the greatest movies of all time. But still underused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We should have had more Bracco. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, she's like underused. She's she's. It's, I'm glad she's in this movie, but this is like. One of those where you go like, yeah, Larry Bracco's better than this. Yeah, give her give her something to do. Give her a bunch but of. She's, stuff. I mean, she like she's like really chewing the scenery whenever she's on in a good way. Like I kept waiting. I kept just every time I kept I would like read a book. I'm like I'm gonna read a book. Well, there with the Mimi Rogers scenes yeah. and I'm like never. Oh, Larry Bracco scenes are bad. I'm enjoying this part of the movie. <laughs> then the thriller scenes. I was also like I'm kind of who cares about this? The the movie certainly doesn't <laughs> until she's the very the, end. She's the only like charming character in the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jerry Orbach is okay, okay. too. He's just he's he, also I kind of I kind of like him in this, but he's he's very I'm unused. Always happy he, to see Jerry. He has Orbach. like three scenes, but he sort of feels like he brings some grounding to that mm-hmm. sh- sort of captain character who's like, "Hey, man, just like do your job right. Don't stuff. fuck like, her. Don't he, fuck her." Yeah. It, that is a, that is a funny aspect of the movie because the cops because there's like they immediately family. assume that he is fucking her when he's not. Yes, and then he is, and they're all like, "See," stop. they're like, but they're also like, "Stop fucking her. Yeah. We're all friends with your wife, and some of us are like a fucking cousin or whatever." <laughs> it's a, another one of those things where all the cops are related and stuff. And so there's a certain point when he's been kicked off the case uh, after it, like, someone it, breaks in and tries to kill it's after he gets his after his friend gets his buddy gets killed his buddy, his buddy gets, gets killed well, he he like comes in and then he's he like has sex with Mimi Rogers while his buddy cop is watching the that that's right is watching and he's he on gets, shift he gets killed drinking out of the faucet yeah drinking straight out of the faucet <laughs> like a fucking scumbag like a cat, like a cat. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then he's like, oh shit! So he gets suspended because you're not supposed to be fucking this lady. Well, you yeah, know, that whole thing. And the and the cops are like, do yourself a fucking favor, stay away <laughs> from her. And so like he's like suspended. And then Lorraine, and then not Lorraine Bracco, uh, Mimi Rogers is at another socialite ja- like jazz event, yeah. and some other cops watching her. And then he shows up there, and she's like, oh hey, we're in love. And the other cops are like, hey, get the fuck out of here, but do then, yourself a get out of here. And he's like, then, no. But then the killer. Calls there and is like, I knew you'd be there That's right. where it's she there. is. Uh, but I want to point out how because the cop, the other cop, gets killed. Yeah, and like then later, the that cop's wife is like at the hospital and she's mad. She like she don't ever she doesn't confront Tom Berenger, but it's like a a look from across down the hallway right. of her being like te- red eyed and teary faced because she's pissed that her husband died, and it's like implied that it's his fault. And it is not his fault because because <laughs> no, 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 no. he's he is there right he's he, there he and kills he, the guy. he showed up and and like fucked Mimi Rogers whatever that's that's totally wrong he shouldn't he shouldn't be doing that right but the other guy was supposed to be watching the door and he he's the one who stepped away from his post right like if Tom Berenger wasn't there. The Mimi Rogers would have just been killed been by this killed. guy too. Yeah, yeah. So like, and, it's and not. The, and it's the not killer his, would have gotten away. But the movie wants to imply that it's Tom Berenger's fault that like now and now he's getting now he's getting his cop buddies killed too. What what are you gonna do next? Right. Just, and you're like that isn't really what happened. Yeah. Like this guy, this other guy, just stepped away from his post and got himself <laughs> killed. So I mean, and the other guy was a slob too. So who a little cares? bit, a little bit. Is that the same guy who peed in the bottle? 
Oh yeah, I there's think a one part when uh, no, no, Mimi, it's, Mimi a, Rogers, it's a different guy. It's a different guy, but Mimi Rogers is like all upset, and he doesn't want to go into the apartment. He just stays on the outside, and he's like, "Eh, she's in a real fucking fine fettle over no, there, the, so I stayed in here. I had to piss in a bottle, and then he holds. He goes, the bottle. "I don't have another one. <laughs> Enjoy your time here, you fucking piece of shit." And then he elevator. That's the guy who. That's the guy who at the climax is like like dresses up like Mimi Rogers that's and goes right. to the house for right. for kind of for no reason. All right, well, we're all basically at the climax now yeah. because they're dancing together at the socialite jazz party. Tom Berenger's like, I'm not going to be able to, even though we love each other, obviously. <laughs> i got to stay with my family. She's like, yeah, it makes total sense. We're out of your happy, we will find happiness with the new love fortune cookies. Uh, throw in one of those, stick with your stay wife with your once. wife once. And then someone like taps him on the shoulder and is like, your son's on the phone. He sounds like he's been kidnapped. And he's like, oh, shit. Oh fuck me! Doesn't it actually have a? Doesn't the guy like he says like you know it's it's Mikey he's on the phone and he's like my son Mikey he's my like, son Mikey <laughs> in case you forgot oh he likes it there is a there is a scene with Mikey earlier where he's doing one of those smart kids in a movie thing where he's oh, like you know boy. mom really likes you and I you know look I'm wise beyond my years obviously because I'm a kid who has so many skateboards but you should you know <laughs> talk to her or whatever I don't know I'm taking this very well. I like this kid. He's like, they call him sort of like an angelic demon or something because he's like fucking wild, but apparently like smart or something. But there is a part in it when uh, apparently like there's a people stalking around the outside of Berenger's oh, house yeah. while he's gone and it's and it's just the Lorraine Brocco. Right. And, uh, and she's like, it's like real slow and she's like looking through this crack to see if someone is stalking and it's quiet. And then you hear like this music sting, but it's like, and then you see a hand grabber, but it's her son. And she's like, ah! She ah! shoots the kid. And she's like, Mikey. And then she's like, hugs him. And she goes, Christ, you stupid kid. <laughs> you're like, yeah. Don't fucking scare your mom when she's um, looking out the window at night. So, yeah. So this guy, so then the killer calls this dance place, mm-hmm. this fancy event. And then so Tom He's Barrett got the whole like, family. We gotta, we got, I gotta, I gotta go there to get, and he's supposed to give up the lady. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. which, by the way, this guy had. How's he going to get away with it this time? Mm. I always love it when this shit happens. When it's like he calls the cop and goes, "I've got your wife and and son, and I'm going to kill them if you don't give over the witness." And like, okay, so like when you kill her, what's the plan? Like, what happens now? Are you gonna, right. just going to kill all four of them? Well, just going to hope that they don't Mirandize him again, and right? It, and at this point, he has. Uh, him or like his one of his someone he was working with him like killed this old man right to disguise himself as him going to go into the fancy building to kill I mean he's got Mimi a lot Rogers, of blood on his hands at this and point he, and that guy killed the cop and then got killed like it's like he's already killed more pe- like he's I mean I guess you, could, you could suggest that he's crazy and he doesn't care because he's fucking stupid he doesn't give a fuck about jail but, but why didn't he kill her in the yeah, bathroom why did he just kill her in the he's bathroom? a very cartoonish uh, it doesn't bad really guy. make any sense yeah. So now he's got the he's got the whole family. Hot, well, I guess it's just two of them, but it's Lorraine Bracco and the son. And he's like, "You you better get over here and give me Mimi Rogers." And he's like, "Okay." And he goes over Don't there. Don't kill them. And then he's like, the guy's got the, his gun to the to the son's head, and he's like, "You swear you you put the gun to my head, you motherfucker! Put the let, let the kid go." And he's like, "All right." Yeah. And the kid goes underneath the table. And Lorraine Bracco's got all these close-ups of Lorraine Bracco with tears just pouring out of her face. Pretty, Mean, pretty meanwhile, intense. the other cop is dressed up like Mimi Rogers and is like yeah. going sneak, going inside. He's like, I come guess on to in, like, come on in, Mimi Rogers. She's like, okay. And you see okay. her, you see her in the shadow, in. and you know, you're like, I guess that's a this is their plan. Yeah, and then and while this is all happening, you're kind of like, they don't really have they don't really have a plan here. They're you know, seat of their pants thing. But then the kid, when he's underneath the kitchen table, this is this is pretty fucked up when you think about it. This is the family house, yeah. and there is a gun underneath the kitchen table. In like a holster? 
Yeah. Like on, under the table? Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. It's just Underneath in case this the happens. kitchen table where his wife sleeps, where his children play with their toys. It's exactly the, where you would keep it. And the kid pulls out pulls out the gun from the, from the holster and like gives it to Lorraine Bracco, who po- po- pops up the table she's and like, then just fucking annihilates this guy. She's, yeah. I think she's like she's like get down or something. To well, already, she knocks down. over the table. He starts sh- the bad guy like goes immediately goes oh and freaks out and then she blows him away. And she, we already saw her practice earlier in the movie. We see her practicing with the gun. Yeah. Oh, that's a classic scene. She's yeah. shooting the target and the ball. And she's shooting it all in the balls. And then the then the kid's like, I thought you were supposed to shoot him in the head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the chest, or the or whatever. chest, or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> hates she hates dicks. Well, she's mad because her husband's cheating on her. That's yeah. right. That's why she bought the gun and, <laughs> and hit it under the fucking kitchen table in case he <laughs> ever came back. Shoot him right in his fucking lousy, no good balls. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah, but she blows him away, and uh, and then uh, at the end, Tom Berenger and uh, Mimi Rogers ex- exchange some soulful glances because they, t- I guess, do love each other, well, but it's not you know, meant to be. And they can't, but they're not going to be able to because they're, they're from, from two, two different, different worlds. Two different worlds. She's an uptown girl. She's mm-hmm. been living in her white bread world. Yeah. So it's a different ending than Pretty Woman, but it is. Uh, I think the original ending of Pretty Woman was supposed to be more like that. <laughs> Julia Roberts shoots Richard Gere. She shoots Jason Alexander to death. <laughs> in the balls. <laughs> that would have been awesome. Right? Oh, my God. If Jason hey, Alexander dies in a hail of bullets. <laughs> that needs to happen in lots of different And you know, she's stuff. a fucking prostitute, and then, then Richard Gere blows him away. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> what? maybe that'll happen in real life. Jason Alexander oh. just dies Alexander in a hail of bullets. dies in hail of bullets. Here's what it would look like if he was killed by baseballs. <laughs> Gunned down in his prime. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then there's so like after this he's like I gotta go back to my family, and then he goes up to. Uh, and she's like, "That's fine. I'm gonna go to Germany. I'm go or back wherever to being to extremely rich. <laughs> yeah. I'll be fine." And uh, and then he goes back to Lorraine Bracco, and he's like, "I do love you." And she's like, ah, "I love you too." The I end. Do. It's fine. It's I fine. Know. I know. We both love each other. I'm still Get over very, here. I'm still very attracted you have to him. managed to avoid most of the consequences of your shitty behavior. I think that was why would I let her win? And I think ultimately that was why the, the movie. I was kind of like, at least do something at the end, and then the movie's kind of like nothing. <laughs> They'll be fine. There'll be these people are together. Is that what you want? And I'm like, I guess I don't know. It's over at <laughs> no, least. No, the you forgot about the part where Sting sings the theme song again. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Some Sting's back. To watch. Over me. It does open with the It really sucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> it's ugh, bad. sting. And it's like the sh- it's, at the beginning. It's even worse because it's like just the the most generic New York skyline shit. Yeah. You know, with that stupid song. Most of the rest of the uh, music in the movie is like fancy opera music because like any time that it's in the, in uh, mm-hmm. uh, Mimi Rogers' fancy hoity-toity apartment, there's opera music playing because classiness. Yes, uh, on the special features, I I didn't watch any of them, but it I looked I looked at them just to see what there were, and I can't remember the exact titles, but all of them were uh, it's like a Shout Factory release, and uh. all of them were like someone to dot 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 edit the movie or something. It was like uh. someone to. Make that it was like all someone to and then like interviews Ugh. with those people obviously ah, very good <laughs> well well I, met. Uh, that was pretty great good job <laughs> good job job factory <laughs> ratings uh despite despite all the shit talking I am gonna give this three juds yeah just because I like it I think it's pretty I'm a big Ridley Scott apologist. I think that uh, this falls under the category, and maybe we've talked about this before, and we probably should talk about it more at some point, but the, the movies that Tony did that Ridley should have done and vice versa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is one of the movies that I wish Tony Scott had directed um, because would, yeah. Ridley has this problem of <clears throat> classing shit up 
because he wants to be taken seriously, and I don't care for it. <laughs> Sometimes it works, doesn't work here. Well, I think that like I would have liked the more thrillery yeah. Tony Scott version of Tony this. Scott would trash this up as yeah. opposed to like classing it up, which is the wrong move. Like yeah. trashing this up would have meant like all those scenes with them in their like their like Staten Island or mm. Queen Queen's home, like would have been so much more like chaotic and yeah. Like and it would have looked just as good, just would have looked different. Yeah. Um. And he would have it would have had a little bit more sleaze, which brings me to the next part. This gets like maybe a Douglas. Yeah. Not really. I'm trying to think if there's some stuff that we're forgetting. Is at there all. nudity even? No. There is the part where she's like, "My ass is falling." You know, my ass doesn't look as good. She's like, "We'll and get her like, here in the bed." You look pretty fucking hot to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh. Um. So yeah, like one, I guess one, maybe a half a Douglas. I don't know. Uh, I don't think there's any sleaze. Yeah. And I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 skateboards. <laughs> so many. And he might ha- even he have might, more than that. We, yeah. and we never see. We only ever see him carrying one skateboard. Right. But he may have 10 skateboards. <laughs> yeah. Because he, he literally is like, get all these skateboards out of here. I keep falling over all your skateboards. Oh. <laughs> so many fucking skateboards. What am I made of skateboards? See, I can't afford all these skateboards on a cop salary. <laughs> I'm just walking from skateboard to skateboard to get out of the, the floor. House. The floor is lava it's and like all a, I've got is skateboards. You I haven't touched like, the floor in months. It's like these are cut to a, like an overhead shot and it's like the rake scene in that <laughs> Cape Fear Simpsons episode. <laughs> but it's Tom Berenger slipping on skateboards. Or it pulls oh. back, it oh. pulls oh. back oh. To the, and you see the backyard and it's actually just over a cliff like from dusk till dawn. But it's just a pile <laughs> of like a gorge full of skateboards. And it pulls back even further and it's... It's all on one giant skateboard. Yeah, exactly. Just like men, and, and men in black. And then it's, the and then it's like, and then it's like Earth is just skateboards. Just a skateboard. Oh shit! It's a Earth galaxy. A skateboard. Skateboards, and then it comes out of a, and then it's like a, a rad dude just skateboarding out of a cat's eye. Whoa! <laughs> now, admit, that would be a better movie. I mean, let's not sure. let's not lie to ourselves here. I would definitely. There's a lot of ways this could be a better movie. It's not the, <laughs> but not the worst movie. But the, yeah, that would be a way better ending. No. Uh, uh, but was, I, yeah. but I am going to agree with Matt. I, I still am going to give it uh, uh, three Juds. I mean, like all like it, there's a lot of stuff that's just sort of on paper doesn't work and are maybe bad choices, but it's all well done and it fucking looks great. Yeah. I mean, get the Blu-ray of this and watch it on a nice TV. It's just like this is a fucking Ridley Scott movie. It's almost every shot is just like God damn. Yeah. It's like really beautiful, <laughs> and I and I, I like Lorraine Bracco enough, frankly, to to justify giving it three Juds. She's fucking awesome in it. Yeah. Uh yeah, maybe I don't know, just, just for the maybe one Douglas just for the just for the boner talk and then there's also a <laughs> oh, scene yeah, good, there's yeah. also a scene at the beginning where uh where like a, a dude is dancing with at that party the cop party where a guy is dancing with a floozy and then the dude's ex girlfriend goes I'd like to tie her boobs together and then another lady goes that wouldn't be too difficult and then the other lady what? goes oh. Because <laughs> she's got big boobs, so it'd be easy to tie them together. It that would, doesn't make any sense. It, it wouldn't be though. <laughs> it, it's, I, I disagree with that. What, that it would be and easy what, to do. What purpose would this serve anyway? What's the plan? I guess the idea is it would hurt. Then, then it wouldn't be a distraction to her. Ex. I guess so. someone tied my boobs together. What am I gonna do? Oh, forget about forget it. Forget about it's it. It's just some of that colorful language. This is how these people. This is how real people talk. I'm not tying boobs they're, together. They're the salt of the earth. <laughs> they really are the salt. Of, uh, the dirt of the earth. I yeah, call okay, them. Okay. Okay. They'd like that. Uh, you call us dirt. That's right. We come from dirt. Come from. We dirt. come from dirt. We are dirt. Our kid. My grandfather was dirt. My great grandfather was dirt. And my kids are gonna be dirt too. <laughs> and proud of it. <laughs> And we're all gonna die of coal lung somehow, <laughs> and I hope we do. <laughs> and I'm gonna give it one armed man. Oh, nice, nice. Oh, That's good. Jesus. 
Yeah. Uh, oh, fuck, I don't even remember what else happens in this. I'm I'm going to dissent from you guys by half a star or Ooh. half a Judd. I'm going two and a half Judds. I, I, all, f- uh, for all the reasons you guys said, yeah. except that I found this movie super dull. Like, it just never, it never once got, grabbed me. I was like, the whole time, except for the boner talk. <laughs> the one scene with the boner talk, just because it was funny that lady was, but the whole, I don't know, it was just like, it was, it was like that classic, that I'm like, this looks good. These actors are doing fine. Lorraine Bracco is, is a, a ray of sunshine. But like, it just felt like they were like, like waiting for it to get over. Like, are we done with this movie yet? Can we all go? Yeah. Sting and Sting singing. Okay, cool. We can leave. <laughs> we're all we're, we're all okay. gonna just walk out. And it just didn't like nothing happened. Like nothing happened. Like a whole little adventure happened with this guy cheating on his wife. And then if you if you were to do a sequel to this or like Nothing. episode two, yeah. it could open the exact same way right. as this one and be like, we're having a cop party at our house and we're all <laughs> family again. Like it, th- like nothing happened except that like a guy, sequel, w- a guy sequel, was kind of crazy and then got she shot She goes back on the force <laughs> and he stays home with the kid and she has to be a bodyguard for <laughs> Fabio. Oh, wow. <laughs> and he's irresistible. He is irresistible. I want you to come and fuck I want you to bed. come over here. Let's I go am- on this roller coaster <laughs> together. Ouch. <laughs> we are in love. Very much in love. It's very obvious to all. So yeah, two and a half uh, Judds. Uh, like half a Douglas because of the bon- boner. Because that lady says boner. Yeah. You a boner to kill people. I don't know. There's nothing even remotely like sexy in this. It's not movie erotic at all. Erotic. Should, it honestly should be. It needs. It, it, it needs. It, it, need, need it really. It really needs to be like at least a little dirty. Do you, do you, did you wonder if maybe they were like, well, we've got Ridley Scott and it's kind of this fatal attraction. He's like Adrian Lyon. Like they could, like they felt like maybe they had fatal attraction on their hands. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I mean, because you know, they're both, those are both directors who make like, yeah, these, they're impeccably these stylized, British stylized movies. Stylized, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. And uh, give it uh, one out of one cops, cops drinking out of, straight out of the faucet. <laughs> like a cat. <laughs> like a cat. <laughs> And again, then getting killed <laughs> like a cat. That's like the that's like the last thing he's doing too. Oh, man. Oh jeez. I, I, I wish he'd say he died as he lived. Ah damn it! I wish I'd used a glass. <laughs> Could have been drinking out of a saucer. Like uh, how'd he die? Well, he was drinking straight out of the faucet, like a cat, yeah, or a dog, or a pig. I don't know. Pick just pick any kind of animal that's not a person. M- Boy. Most animals, if they saw water trickling out of a faucet, would go for it. Like only thing worse would be if he was killed drinking out of a toilet. Yeah, that's embarrassing. <laughs> Just lapping it up. It's kind of like a reverse oh. reverse Elvis, like he died on the toilet, but his head was in the toilet instead of his butt. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> if only that guy had so had someone to watch over him, <laughs> or some dignity. Mm. Yeah, his dignity mm. would be shattered. <laughs> oh, good one. Speaking of which, yeah. good one. Oh boy, that is our next movie, 1991, Shattered. Yeah. Wolfgang Petersons, also starring Tom Berenger and Greta Skaki and Bob Hoskins oh. and Corbin Burnson. Just I, let me just jump out here right now and say this was maybe one of the top 
the top three finds for this since we've for me. Not the, not saying it's like the best uh-huh. movie that we've done, but I'd never no, no. seen it before. I'd, I'd just sort of had you seen it before? Heard of it? See, I, I saw this. I'd when seen it came the out. beginning on TV sometime, like mm-hmm. the car crash thing at the beginning, like when I was real young, and it's so a, I remembered that, and then the rest of it not. I yeah. I I. I didn't remember necessarily like the the way that the plot progresses, but I remembered the twist. So I yeah. I knew what was going on the whole time. So I maybe but here's the thing. When I saw this in nineteen ninety one, I fucking loved it. Yeah. This time it was like, well, now that I know where it's going, its flaws are a bit more apparent to me, but it's still really fun. It's just, it's just like, like the first it's ten a or total... fifteen minutes of it are awesome. Yeah, it, but it's, it's not, it's very different from New Kids. But it's another one of those movies where I've just like barely heard of it. Yeah, and it's totally forgotten. And then you watch it, and you're like, wow, this it's movie is pretty a good. Treat. Yeah, this is a really neat movie. It's like it kept reminding me of how well, we were talking. Travis and I were talking about a little last night about what happened to Wolfgang Peterson, and mm. not just like he stopped making movies, yeah. but like kind of for me, like what happened to him, like he because. This movie is like what kept reminding me of Enemy Mine, right. and they, they have nothing in common except the director. But like, there's a ton of shots Sturdy in craft. a ton of shots in this of these like great matte paintings where like San Francisco looks super foreboding. It yeah. just kept reminding me of all the great like uh, sci-fi book cover shots in Enemy Mine, right. which is right. which also is not a great movie, but is super fun. A really great looking movie. But like he was he he had this. He's not without style, no. like Wolfgang Peterson, and this is totally him trying to do Hitchcock and ending up doing Sub De Palma. Right, <laughs> but like that's this was that's, another one of those like great. man, but I wish De Palma had directed. But that's this, pretty but good. Yeah, yeah if, it's pretty good. If you're it's like aggressively guy, stylistic, I loved it. It's like how I always we watch these new horror movies and stuff, and I'm always like, I wish that these people were trying to make Evil Dead Two. Always, yeah, they're not gonna. You're not gonna do it. Right, you're not gonna make Evil Dead Two. But if you're trying to do that. You'll probably make something that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Like you'll probably make something that's like pretty fun. And that's kinda how I felt about this. I was like, You're not you're you're not doing Hitchcock. You right. can't you can't do that really. Right, right. But like you're you're almost diploma. You're doing this is almost like pretty <laughs> this is pretty close to diploma. And that's and that and you know, we've talked a lot about how much we love De Palma on here, so yeah. you know that's we not, have talked that about not, that. That is not bad, especially as like thrillers go. Like that's, that's, that's pretty. This is pretty sturdy. This is the kind of stuff we always want to we always want to find when we're just, doing this. It's just a straight up thriller too. Mm-hmm. It's just like a dumb. It's like just a plot. Yeah. Like it's not. It's, there's, oh, the plot is it's, so it's very, stupid. It's, it's very neo noirish. It's very straightforward. There's not a lot of like. I mean, someone to watch over me is like barely a thriller and has all this stuff. It, yeah, uh, it thinks on its mind about class structure or whatever. And this movie is like, what if this happened to this guy? And yeah. he had to figure it out. You're like, woo! It's very much like you know, <laughs> this movie has a, a is very self conscious of how crazy its plot is because characters are always going, oh shit, this is fucking crazy. Yeah, what? That's what is, is the deal? My God, that's insane! But it's like the opening ten minutes of this movie is fucking it's really good, great, really like, stylish. It like it really opens with it you. opens with this great car crash. That's like all these, di- but it's like all cut up. But it's like this car fucking crashing yeah. down this hill and him inside and the the wife jumping f- like free and like or being thrown free. Yeah, you see this lady rolling down the hill, and in a different shot, you see. A bloodied man, look, uh, heinously bloodied. Important that he's yeah. so bloody. Well, uh, you, you get that shot they keep returning to, where the head just like smashes through the glass. Yeah, you know, really cool. To that. It's like the it's like the shape of the face smash, yeah. shattering, shattering the glass. There's a lot of stuff shattering Super in this slow mo glass shattering. I, I really went with like it. that shot of the car jumping off the embankment because it looks just like like a, a comic book, like a Frank Miller panel of like oh, yeah. the car going over. There's an even better one at the very end yeah. too. Very much, Amazing. but but this opening it's very very graphic. Like yeah. it's very very much like a like a 
like a graphic novel or something where it's just like these these cuts and you're you're only you're getting pieces but it's because it's all shit because it's yeah. all shattered it like really is leans into that a lot of everything's shattered it's shattered this so his life so is shattered. shattered this is horrible car crash that's yeah. like awesome uh he get, they end up in the hospital and they have to reconstruct this guy's this guy's face and yeah. the and the wife is like that's my bare, husband. She was rolling. She fell out of the car, or supposedly fell out of the car, yeah. and she, which actually did, is what happened. But uh, <laughs> that's, we'll, that's we'll, true. we'll get to it. But you don't, you don't quite know that she's not very hurt, considering how fucked up this accident was. It's a goddamn miracle that this dude is still alive. Yeah. But the dude is so fucked up, as we saw his face getting smashed repeatedly. That they, there's, a, there's a shot of him. He eventually gets healed through this like miracle. Science fiction, almost like plastic surgery. Yeah, um, movie, movie, stuff. movies, movie stuff. But like the original, the first shot that you see of his face, he looks like yeah, like one of those aliens shape. from Enemy Mine or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> but it's great, and this is all like in the first ten minutes. He yeah. like gets, he's like in the hospital. His wife's like, "Oh no, what can we do?" And they're like, "Well, we're gonna reconstruct his face." They've got these pictures of Tom Berenger and this like Cronenberg esque. Uh, Operating theater, and yeah. uh, and they they, they, they all the surgeons are wearing these red. Yeah, I don't know why. They look like those like cardinals in the imperial, uh, yeah. whatever the hell they're called. It made me think of uh, isn't is there? Some, it's been a while since I saw uh, Dead Ringers, but aren't they wearing like red? They wear red gowns, gowns and that, yeah. that too. And they all, but they, the thing about that is they've invented their own gynecological tools. No, no, I mean, and they're all no, I know weird. about that, but that's <laughs> that's why it reminded me of Cronenberg because I'm yeah. like, who, what, who's wears these red, these red weird <laughs> movie surgeons? I guess because they're very rich, and so they yeah. get the only the best surgeons. Ooh, are send wearing, them the red surgeons. It's the Crimson Guard of yeah. of surgeons. Yes, yeah, Crimson Guard. That's but they right. like they like uh, they reconstruct his face. His so face it's Tom Berenger. So it's Tom Berenger, but he can't remember. Anything. No memory. He doesn't remember Amnesia. who he is. Yeah. He remembers, you know, like what year it is. It's like there's a long, there's like a walk and talk down a hallway. So you first meet this guy. He's got a fucked up face. Doesn't know who he is. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And they've reconstructed his face. Right. You know, to what look kind of, like him. To look like Tom Berenger. Yeah. With Tom Berenger's voice and everything. He's not doing a, uh, right. a New York accent. You get a regular Tom Berenger voice. Just to, and he's very he's very confused throughout this movie. But well, like, I'm just trying to figure out who I am. I, I don't know. And he's a nice enough guy. Yeah. But then his wife his wife clearly loves him. And she and she immediately wants Greta, to Greta have Scotty. sex with him. Yeah. She immediately wants to have sex with him. Which while, they do. Like, so well, well, the, I know the you're still blues. recovering. Yeah. And well, you the, almost <laughs> died like two weeks ago. But is your dick working yet? Because let's fuck. Because I wanted thing. to play Knights in White Satin and <laughs> go down it. Yeah. I'm a big Moody Blues fan, and so it was super. I love it when Moody Blues turn up in movies, which is which is rarer than you'd think. Yeah. But they should be more because it's very cinematic. And the way there's like shots of waves crashing yeah. while they have like sweaty sex. That is something. And there's a lot of and there's a lot of like it's it's mostly this one sex scene, but there is a lot of like Greta Scotchy's like getting like like fucking dudes. Yeah. Or a dude. She's naked. A, a, a lot. dude without spoiling the ending. Well, we're gonna spoil the ending, we're but like the it's, but the way it's the same. You, dude. The way that you see certain <laughs> angles of the sex scene, you just like you. So it's it's certainly her and Tom Berenger yeah. having sex dur- uh, during the scene, but then it's cross cutting. Because they talk about their time on the beach, she or she talks about the time. He doesn't remember it, right? But then you see this cross cutting as this wave is uh, superimposed over them. But then you also see a shot of actual water hitting two bodies, but you can't see their faces. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. I mean, the the opening comes at you with the crashing and stuff, but this scene was also another part where I was like, "Geez!" But this was in the first ten minutes, and the, and nights and yeah, this <laughs> the is still and nights I and checked. white satin is playing over it. You're like, because I checked, damn. I was I was like, "There's no way this movie can keep up this pace." Right. I don't know yeah. that I. I mean, I part of me doesn't wouldn't necessarily want it to because it's like maybe this is too much. Might get exhausting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
But uh, I asked you, actually just recently purchased the album Days of Future Past by <laughs> the Moody Blues with Nights in White Satin on it, dude. It's really What weird. else is on there? Uh, Tuesday Afternoon. Tuesday Afternoon. It's a great album. It's My dad was a big Moody Blues fan, so I grew up listening <laughs> to the Moody Blues. Uh, I, I don't know if yeah. he was a big fan, but he had Moody Blues <laughs> records, and I list, so I listened to him but all that's, the time. But that's what it's like during this first ten minutes where you're like, ooh, crashing, ooh, smashed face, ooh, this guy's all fucked up, wow, crazy wave, sexy. Nights, Nights in white, white satin. satin. <laughs> oh, my God, this movie's just coming at you. And then it settles, it settles down a little bit. He's, he's starting yeah. to get oriented into his life. And, and it, all, all, just right out of the gate, everything is very suspicious. Everybody's, he's everybody's got a shady business strange. partner. Everybody's, yeah, everybody's a, red, a red hair. Everybody's a red hair. It's great. His, uh, wife, his wife is real suspicious acting. Cor- <laughs> it's, his wife is acting very weird. Corbin Bernson is acting weird. His wife, uh, his wife is constantly ins- insisting that there is some conspiracy that she hasn't figured out and can't tell him about yet. <laughs> Don't uh, you, she's don't, acting very Joanne suspicious. Joanne Welly is so weird. <laughs> she's great, but she'll she'll look at him in this weird, penetrating way and be like, "Don't you know that about this is what you are like?" And you're yeah. like, "Why are you talking?" Well, to she's him got like that. She's got these like giant eyes, and they like really lean into her, just like like yeah. worriedly staring at him she's all like the time. She's like a tarot card reader, psychic, also, but also late rich yeah. rich lady. They're right. very weird. They live on this. Uh, I think it's. Not a real house. They live on like a special effects mansion on the beach. Looks like it looks like it's the, the shots, yeah, of, the shots of the house are awesome though because it's got this great. It's got the bridge in the yeah. background. It's got these awesome. But they're, a, they're green screen comps. They're, yeah, yeah, they're definitely yeah. like they're not, very. It's, yeah. it's, it's very filled with but special it's very effects cool. like that. Yeah. It's the kind it. of shot that I think you, someone might look at and go like, "Well, that's not really there." Yeah. And it's the kind of thing I lo- when I would watch a movie and I see that I go, "Oh, that's not really <laughs> there." Yeah, and that's what's great about it. Like it's clearly it's not really. You could have just easily had some fucking house on the beach, but they made this thing because yeah. they wanted it to be super cool looking. Yeah. An actual yeah, house awesome. on the beach does not look as interesting as that. Yes. <laughs> if this was a real house, we would have seen it in other movies because it's a crazy looking house. Yeah. And it's the and it's just location on this prime beach area. Cor- Corbin Bergson is very suspicious. Well, he's he's he, this dude but, but not, almost mean, died like a week and a half or what whatever it is. <laughs> had to have radical reconstructive surgery and has fucking amnesia. Yeah. And the and Corbin Burns is like, "You ready to get work to, back to work, baby? Come on into the office." He's like playing his drum set. He doesn't want to hear about shit. And there's also the, the in that scene, he's like he's like showing him around the office and going like, "All right, so here's the shady deal we're working on." I mean, he's totally he's totally yes. uncomplicated about it. He has like That's no true. prevarication. He's just like, "So we screwed all these people, but we got the top five floors of this new office building we're building, and everybody else is fucked." You're That's a real hilarious. sleazy. You're a real sleazebag corporate type of guy. Hey, remember? They've got maps out there, and he's like, this is the boat with the toxic waste in it, and we're going to push this out here and blow it up and poison everybody, poison the water. Oh, what man. do you think? Innocent people are going to die, but we'll get so rich. Good. Woo! And Tom Berenger is like, you know, I can't remember a lot of this. <laughs> I do have amnesia. I'm having a little trouble. He's like, come on. Get past he's it, like, man. He's banging on the drums. He just sits in his drum set. He's like, we, boop, have boop, got, boop, 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 we have got to screw over working class people. Yeah. It's pretty rad. And you're like, that guy's got to be the bad guy because he's a bad guy. He, he meets, his, his, wife he meets his secretary who's very, who seems very he's nervous. He's like, did we, did we ever bone? <laughs> no, I, 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 in, in retrospect, when you when you think back at it, because like, do we, do we spoil it now? No, yeah. no, no. Oh. No, we'll we'll come back to her, but yeah. like sh- the, her behavior is explained, I think a little bit yeah. later on too. Uh, but she's like just real because Tom Berenger's like I seem like a nice enough guy, and like hey, did we ever? Because he's still trying, he's trying to get to the bottom of this mystery, and she just seems spooked around yeah. him. And and you think it's you think it's because of well, you just don't know because this, this is, the whole thing is just covered in this 
everything seems suspicious yeah. and is a mystery. And his wife and is that's acting just a real part weird. Of it. Yeah, his wife is his acting wife is super acting weird. Everyone's very acting weird. weird. But that, and then and then you like kind of like the movie isn't like slowed down too much, but you're kind of like, okay, is this going to be the whole movie? And then he goes to him, then he somehow finds these pictures of her having sex with some other guy. Mm-hmm. He somehow tracks down Bob Hoskins, who's this weird private eye who owns the worst pet store yeah. in the world. Those poor <laughs> dogs in those cages. I felt really terrible for all those pets. Kind of, but then there's also like, there's a lady in there like returning a, a, a parrot or something, and then like, there's just animals running around everywhere, and you're like, I don't, I mean, okay. The la- the why lady- would you go? Why would you she, like I've, the lady who's returning? That you're like, why did you buy? Why did you go into this pet store to start with? And yeah. You don't seem like the type. You don't seem like their clientele. The lady's returning this parrot, and she's like, the par- I couldn't get this parrot to talk. And he's like, Hey, what do you want from me, lady? I said it might talk. I, I didn't say that. it would talk. Hey, but he's he's doing his uh, Eddie Valiant voice yeah, yeah. in this. It's not very successful. It's, no, it's cartoonish, but I love yeah. it. But the but then the parrot goes, silly old bitch, <laughs> silly old bitch, and he's like, Yeah, oh, he got you. <laughs> He got you, lady. You a silly old bitch. I love, I love him in this. I think he's great. Well, like, like you said, this movie comes. That first ten minutes is amazing, and then it maybe it slackens for a little bit. But then there's Bob Hoskins. It's not in so it. much that it slows down. It's just that you're like, you're like, kind of, it's going like, okay, here's now it's yeah. a regular Let's movie. Collect now it's a regular movie, and then all of a sudden yeah. they drop this like weird character into the movie. You're like, oh, okay, well, we're back to whatever this is now. His whole deal is that he runs a pet store now, but he was a private dick. Yeah, much like Eddie Valiant for thirty years. And then he was just sort of like, ah, I got soured to human nature because, uh, you know, how fucking much people suck and stuff. So now I hang out with animals all the time, yeah. and animals are nice guys. But yeah. then he pays, he hires Bob Hoskins again. He convinces Bob Hoskins to help again. him like, investigate himself, like find out what's yeah. going on. Because Bob Hoskins life. had found, Bob Hoskins is the PI who, who discovered, discovered that Kretoskaki was cheating on Pound Behringer took with the some other dude. And so he's now hiring that guy to figure out what what's going on. His deal is because yeah. he can't remember shit. Yes. And then the, and so there's a lot of like Bob Hoskins teaming up with Tom Berenger. Mm-hmm. Tom Berenger is very appealing in this. Like he's supposed to be confused, but you're also supposed to like him and he, he, he nails both of those. He's very yeah. he's very likable. Yeah. Considering it's Tom Berenger. Again, this was so very surprising to me just considering it's Tom Berenger and I'm just familiar with him being a hard ass. I mean, he's very likable in that uh, that movie we watched where he plays a neo-Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not I mean, yeah. it's a it's a problem. That's the problem with that movie, yeah. but he is very likable in that movie. I'm yeah. an honorable Nazi. Like, if you took out the if you took out the neo-Nazi thriller part of that movie, you would just be like, this is a great little uh, movie it's where nice Tom Berenger has a romance with this lady. Don't you understand? I just want my blood and soil and uh, my white Fraser's dad. Fraser's dad. <laughs> I just want my Fraser's dad. Oh, he's fucked up. Betrayed. Listen, yeah, yeah, yeah. listen to the uh, which episode was that on? It was an early one. Early one. Uh, I don't remember. I don't what, remember. what else? We oh, did on Esther that House. One? Yeah, that's right. It was Joe Esther House. Three episode. Joe Esther House scripts. That's right. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one. Anyway, I'm just. Uh, I mean, he's a much nicer guy, or yeah, at least the character that he is now. At yeah, this point, when yeah. we meet him, is a much well, because, nicer guy. Maybe because he has amnesia. Yeah. Right. We get a taste of classic Berenger later on. Um, but yeah, so so now he's just like trying to get to the bottom. And well, there's they, this they track down the guy, Jack Slater, or Jack Slater, something like no, that. No, it's uh, Jack Slayton, Slayton, or Slaven, or something. Slaven, Glavin. Slaven. Uh, and there's a car. There's a car chase because they see this guy get into his car. Yeah, and they they chase him down the down the back roads. Jack Stanton. Jack, Jack Stanton. And his they name say is it his over name is Dan. Again. What something? Dan oh, Harmon. Dan Wilco or something like that. Anyway, Dan Danson. Dan the man. Dan Danielson. Dan Danson. Sure. 
Ted Dan Danson. But it's Dan and Jack. Dan and Jack. And Jack's kind of like this phantom bad guy throughout the yeah. whole movie. If I can just if I can just find this just Jack Slayton guy, then I'll get to the bottom because well, he's certainly even... behind everything. Yeah, he's like and he's, he's 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 somehow involved in the shading toxic waste deal too. Yeah, there's a shady toxic waste deal. There's like a fax the from him, you yeah, know, early and stuff. 90s. There's a fax from him, or that he finds that's from like the fax machine in his office. Right, right. And then yeah. he gets mad at it and throws out the window. Oh yeah. Oh, did <laughs> endangering we, did... a bunch of people's lives on the on the ground. Uh, did we mention that they the work at people. the they work at the top of that pyramid? Of the Trans America building. Trans America right. building. <laughs> yeah. I mean, San Francisco. Right. There's all kinds of shots. And they're moving on... out of it, which is weird. Dope. <laughs> that's that's the primo spot. Yeah. You got it. You already got it. Uh, but yeah, there, there's all kinds of shots in, in, on, and around the Golden Gate like, Bridge, too. The, it's well, San Francisco. Like in his office, like, there's shots of him in his office, and, like, over his shoulder is Alcatraz. That's right. <laughs> Alcatraz! Yeah. He has a really lovely view. This, it's, they just use a straight-up, like, high-resolution photo as the backdrop, too, because there's, there's, boats, there's boats in the background, and they ain't moving, yeah. baby. That's, 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 a old, that's an old trick. You see that in a lot of old movies. It's very, it's very Hitchcock-y. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of shots like that in, uh, especially when they're in his apartment in Vertigo. Well, this diff movie is clearly calling on Vertigo. They, they go I to mean, the Redwoods. Yeah, they go to the fucking Redwoods. That's where they had that big car chase, is it not? That's a crazy car chase. Yeah, this is this is he he's he's starting to become suspicious of the wife now. She's getting calls, right. and this is where it's uh, more stuff that's where you're just sort of like, what is going on here? Because we keep hearing about Jack Stanton, yeah. but you never hear his voice. Right. And then she, and then she's getting calls not from Jack Stanton, but from like. Tele telegram people saying that Jack Stanton sent a telegram. Right. Instead of hearing his voice or anything, and you're like, that's very suspicious. That's very strange, yeah. What an odd thing. And then uh and then he he sees that she's like he's he actually got her phone bugged. Bob Oskins uh bugs uh, bugs her phone and he hears uh, you got a telegram from Jack Stanton. He says, "Meet, meet, me, meet me here." And then so the the Bob Oskins and Tom Berenger go follow her to this place. Yeah, they follow her around, and that's where you find the boat that's full of toxic waste. Right. But then he doesn't quite fully explore the boat of toxic waste. That's a mistake. It's a big mistake. <laughs> but they're delaying the reveal, of course. Right. And and he, this will happen to him periodically, where he'll he be like has a, PTSD. Yes. like he gets triggered, and he's like, "Oh my god, what's happening?" And then it does, it shows the shot of his face going through the windshield a bunch of times, <laughs> and he has like these panic attacks. Yeah, it's great. They have these great stylistic freakouts where they'll do zoot close-ups of his eyes. It's like those the air, airplane mm -hmm. flashback shots. <laughs> you have to decide. <laughs> exactly. Over Macho Grande. Over Macho Grande. No, I'll never be over exactly. Macho Grande. <laughs> Those wounds run pretty deep. He's all fucked up, man. What's your impression of Ted Stryker? I'm a psychiatrist. I don't do impressions. <laughs> Classic. Uh, but he's all fucked up, and that, and that happens. It'd be to great him if he had a drinking problem. Like he, every time he tried to drink, he just hit his head with the glass and poured it all over his face. That's when I developed my drinking problem. <laughs> he's got worse PTSD than he would have if he'd survived Platoon. But it turns out it's maybe not PTSD. No, it's, it's not. It's like, it's another thing that we'll explain. I mean, I pretty much feel like we need to get there, but, you know. We're very close. Yeah, they what happens I mean, after they the, find the boat? Yeah, they, they find the boat, and then that's where um, he, he he finds there's a bunch of chemicals. This is pretty amazing stuff where uh, he's just wading through these fucking <laughs> chemicals, and you're like, ah. And at one point later, like towards the end of the movie, he's leading Bob Oskins through the through the right. chemicals, and Bob Oskins is like, "We're gonna get a fucking disease." <laughs> and you're like, "You really are." 
What are we doing in this cancer boat? <laughs> All right, the P, did I miss the twist? No. No, no, no we're, we're getting there. Okay, good. But uh, yeah, so at a certain point, they, she, the, the wife goes to meet Jack Stanton, and then there's a, there's a red Porsche, and we see the wife leave, and then Jack, like someone in a like, trench coat with like a hat and glasses, mm-hmm. come back into the, into the Porsche, and they're like, there it is, finally, Jack Stanton. And, they, uh, and then they, this is where you get a car chase, a cool car chase scene, like basically through the redwoods. Mm-hmm. And Bob Hoskins going, don't wreck my car, it's vintage. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, fucking keep... antique. Yeah, don't drive my car like this. <laughs> Maybe I should be driving my own car. <laughs> no, I'm driving. <laughs> and then he smashes, the, they end up, he, like the, the someone from the Porsche, like a hand comes out and like shoots them and shoots their windows out and then they end up crashing the Porsche yeah. into the... Into a, into a redwood tree, I yeah. think. And he's like, oh, shit, my car. <laughs> and he's like, don't worry, I'll make it up to you somehow. And it's like, well, yeah, with your, the million, with your like, millions of dollars. Silly old bitch. Silly old bitch. I think he's rich, right? <laughs> this is why I hate human nature. Uh, and so uh, this, this, things move pretty quick at this point. I think this movie was only an hour and 40, it's like 80, something like It's that. like 95 minutes. Yeah, it's yeah. a little short. It's, it's, it's great. Yeah. And so, like this, this scene is you know you know the the, the red Porsche means scary because right. that person had a gun, and so Beringer's like back at his house again, and then the red Porsche just pulls up. He's like, "Oh no, mm-hmm. this is bad!" And then a so a figure gets out of the Porsche, and then the figure like and he's like kind of hiding in his own house. He lives in a giant mansion, by the way. He's very rich. And the figure like stalks stalks around and comes in, and he pulls the gun on. He's like, "Yeah, I got you, Jack Stanton. You turn around." And then it's his, it's wife, his wife with a fucking wig <laughs> on. And she's like, it was me. And then she tells a whole story. Yeah. Which is? Uh, <laughs> you killed Jack Stanton. Yeah, the, this, her story is like, was more, I was like watching, and then after she told I was like, wait, what? Yeah, she basically like, says I was like, that, that, can't gets, be the, that can't actually be the plot. Right. It she, turns out it's not. The it's plot not, is actually much more simple. She, her, she her claims that, like, they, that, that he killed her, her boyfriend, and, uh, right. and they, they buried the body, but had this accident. And that they put the body in the toxic waste boat, yeah, yeah. and then had the accident, and that's why he doesn't remember what. So happened. she tells yes. she tells it mostly, which doesn't explain why she's keeping up this facade that there's a guy named Jack Stanton, it's, except to say that like if he's not dead, then they won't investigate the murder. Like yeah, she's it's trying to, to protect like, you because right. I love you so much. Because he because you killed this guy, yeah. who was fucking me. You killed him because they, they they made some allusions to the, how that this party that that yeah because he, he had right a party before. at Corbin Bernson's house. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, everyone was sloshed. And he, but they but nobody says specifically what happened. Yeah. Just like you were out of control, man. So and, uh, yeah, but he decides what he's going to do is go check for find the guy's body. Yes. So they go back to the toxic waste boat, and this is man, him, and, oh, oh, before, him and him and Hoskins. Before, before, his before, wife, we get, before we get there, he he does get a call from um, Joanne Wally, right? And right. she's like, "You oh, got to yeah. come, or I'm yeah, going to yeah, call yeah. the cops." And then he goes there, and he finds Joanne Wally with a knife through her. Yeah. And then Bob Hoskins shows up, and he's like, "Oh, I got you, buddy!" And he's like, "I'm going to turn you into the cops." You killed this lady. You killed them. You, you killed all the people. Killed them all. And, uh, and like, I he, didn't. I don't know. I don't remember. Just, uh. just give me one chance to, to uh, you know, if it turns out I killed him, then throw me in a fucking booby hatch. I don't care. I just want to know yeah. what I did. He's like, all right. Okay. All right. Let's go to this toxic waste. <laughs> the, the reveal is so good because he goes, they go into the boat and they find the oil drum or whatever where they put the guy's body and they open it. Berenger opens up the thing, pulls out the guy's corpse, and it's Tom Berenger with a bullet in his head. And he goes, Me? <laughs> He's looking at him. He's looking at him. It's me, and he's looking at himself. It's fucking great. And now, what has become painfully obvious to the audience over the last ninety minutes or so, it's finally become clear to Tom Berenger, which is that he's Jack Stanton. Yes, 
And Tom Berenger was the one that was killed in the first place. Greta Skocki and her boyfriend murdered her husband. Then they got into the car accident, and he had reconstructive surgery, and they said he was Tom Berenger. Yeah, she had because re- he had she- he had Tom Berenger's wallet in his yes. pocket at the time. And this guy, the guy, uh, Jack, is it Jack? Jack Stanton. He's Jack not Stanton. a bad guy. He's not a bad guy. He's like he is like I don't like that we did this. I'm we're gonna I'm yeah. you know this is not good. Like he's he's like. And he's also no. We're gonna come clean to the cops. I'm a decent guy. The original Tom Berenger was an asshole. Yes, Mm -hmm. this this is where it's really fun because Tom Berenger falls over and hits his head at this point, right? And then he remembers everything. Yeah, Yeah. he starts to remember. Like after he pulls out the 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 body and and he goes, "It's me." uh, Bob Hoskins goes, "This is insane," (laughs) (laughs) which is really funny. But then he's but then Tom Berenger kind of like has another like episode and falls down, (laughs) and then he's like (laughs) he's like, "I'm starting to remember." And Hoskins is like, "Tell me what you remember," and then that's when you get the full flashback yeah. and this is where, where it's outrageously entertaining because you, it's the other it's some other guy that's jack stanton and uh, but he's got tom berenger's voice because yeah. he's got to because they didn't change his voice box right so he's driving with the lady and it's like oh, i don't know if i believe in this sort of thing <laughs> but then but then you also see this other version of the 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 real uh whatever tom the original berenger, tom the original berenger. dan dan yeah who was a fucking psycho yeah. who got what was coming to him. Just, and he's like yeah. coming after his wife. But, and it's still Tom Berenger's voice, but it's a deeper, like, this is like the scary Tom Berenger yeah. that I'm aware of. He's like he's, a sinister monster. He kind of looks like actually Tom Berenger at the very end of Platoon when right. he's got that, uh, when he's got, about to kill Charlie Sheen and his eyes are like glowing and stuff. And he's like, you little whore, I'm going to fucking kill you right. for this shit. And that's when she kills him. So you get these two great weird Tom Berenger Meanwhile, things. he'd been cheating on her... With the secretary, John Wally. No, with John Wally. Yeah, yes, they'd had an affair too. The Dan, the the, Dan, the bad guy, Dan. The real, had, the real, the real Dan. Tom Berenger. The real and this is why the secretary was like spooked around him because Dan's a psycho and he's a scary, he's a yeah, scary yeah. lunatic. Yeah, he actually is a bad guy, like Corbin Burnson said. Yeah, and Jack Stanton is a nice guy. Well, Corbin Burnson, Corbin Burnson is. By the way, totally fine. He's like, he's like, hey, this guy's a scary bad guy. I want to be on his team. Yeah, and he's yeah, yeah, very yeah, yeah. excited to he be like, a bad guy. He loves it. He wants his old partner. Ah, I love being a bad guy. I'm glad you're back. You used to be a ruthless sociopath, goddammit. Whatever happened to you? Oh, that car accident. <laughs> right. You used to be beautiful. That's what Corbin Burnson's like in real life, probably. <laughs> <laughs> he's always playing that guy. That's true. That's true. Uh, um, all right, so that's, so that's all in flashback. And then, uh, and then, uh, oh, so, so, like, oh. while this, while this, he's like, all right, so that's what happened. And at this exact moment, uh, t- uh, some lightning goes, or some thunder goes off, and then Bob Hoskins is clutching his his shoulder, and blood starts pouring out he's because like, oh, no. Greta Skaki shot him, and he goes <laughs> ass over tea kettle into the toxic waste. Oh, jeez! <laughs> Just goes bloop, and he's like, oh no! Oh no! It's dip, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Into the, is it? <laughs> and then it turns out Bob Hoskins is a tune. <laughs> it's a real twist. Things are coming fast what and furious. <laughs> but he's like he's like, like straight up in into the water. This is it's like this w- leads it's to like, its extremely ridiculous revelation. But anyways, he's under the water. I, the revelation is great though. It's great. It's really this funny. Insane. It, but but Bob Hoskins is under the water for a, a long time, and you're like he's done for. Right. And then at this point, his wife, who's like Greta Skocki, is full on psycho. Like, and I had to kill him, and because I love you so much, I'm crazy obsessed. So you come driving with me now. And he's like, I guess okay. okay. She's she, you're the one who's got the gun. So because now he knows he was Jack all along, who now looks like Dan. Yes. Right. And he's afraid of her. She's pointing a gun, and she's like, We're gonna go away together. I'm crazy psycho 
in love with you, lady, and I did all of this for you. And they're driving. They're driving down essentially a similar. I don't think it's the same freeway, but it a might similar, be. The it same might be the road. same it's one. Supposed to be the same. I think road. it's supposed to be the sa- exact same. Road. So it's echoing. It's yeah, yeah. it's mirroring the opening. But it's like morning instead of night. And Tom Berenger's like, oh, this is all very scary. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's got a gun on her. He's like, stop doing that. She's like, what are you gonna shoot me or something? And he's like, I guess not. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. I love this movie. Uh, and then uh, and and so at this point they see a helicopter behind them, and then like the, so it's like the cab has caught yeah. on to him so it's curtains for her and she's like all right well we're not if we're not going to be able to be together then we're going to do I'm a gonna Thelma and Louise the thing again. we should have done in the first place i'm gonna Thelma and Louise us and, and he's, he's like, like no thanks i don't think so <laughs> <laughs> jumps he jumps car, out of the car <laughs> and she drives over the cliff in what might be the most awesome car going off a cliff shot i've rad. ever seen Boom. Yeah, it's just it's really cool slow, it's in slow motion but the car plummets so far so fucking it's far. It's really rad. And they got a wide shot of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's all one shot. And, and the way that the shot is executed, you just sort of see the, the car going off into the horizon. You don't know how far it is, uh, how high it is. Yeah. And then when it, ca- it pans, pans down, down, you're like, oh my God, yeah. it's got so far to go. She's not surviving. No, she, doesn't, she doesn't make it. She's <laughs> not going to make it. Because <laughs> the, car, the car also does explode. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome! And one of the few times when you see a car crash, like fall down a hill cliff, and you go like, "That car would explode." Yeah, yeah right. It probably would. Probably, just anything would explode falling far. <laughs> yeah, Ex- a person would explode. It explodes. The helicopter lands, and Bob Hoskins gets out, and he's fine. He escaped, and he's fine. <laughs> he which is fine, because you know it's that kind of movie where I'm like, you know, don't let him be dead. Well, this right. is this is how he got away with it, and I don't believe this is how it works in real life. But he's like, "How did you survive? You were under that water a real long time." Bob Hoskins has asthma. An asthma and he inhaler. Has an yeah. Asthma inhaler. And he's like, I just used my little uh, I got oxygen my, tank. I got my own oxygen tank. And then he goes, You want some? And Tom Berenger's like, Sure. Yeah, like this is like it. That is not what ventilant That's inhalers not what do. It does. No, he but was it's, just going. Yeah. Ah, no, I'm getting a full blast. Awesome. They can never do. It's like the the part in uh, the part in Goonies that always frustrates right. me, where where Mikey's like looking at his his asthma inhaler and he's like <laughs> and he throws it away like that's what's been keeping him back right. and no, you're like you, hey, you have a disease dude no, yeah. it always it's makes me think mental. of like if i was like if i was in that situation and i have glasses and i was like i can't see without my glasses but right. i was like ah, these fucking glasses that's what keeps, keeps keeping me that's back. why i'm such and a nerd I, it's these glasses. yeah and now i can't see anything it's like the same fucking thing it's a medical problem <laughs> you fucking idiot <laughs> not exactly the same thing, but at the end of Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Bob Hoskins himself like looks at his like his booze that he is, yeah. uh, he yeah. is a hardcore alcoholic for and goes, I don't need it anymore. Yeah. And like, well, your body might tell you something different in a couple <laughs> yeah. hours. Well, you know, he's trying at least. <laughs> but that's it. That's like a, yeah, that's the no, end of Shattered. No, but then it's like they've, it, there's also the revelation about the uh, like when she dumped the bo- when they dumped the body in there. He's like, they made a big mistake because they thought it was like it's toxic or whatever, but it's formaldehyde. It's formaldehyde, so right. the body's preserved. So yeah. like, they were like, well, this the the body will uh, decompose or get eaten away by this toxic waste, but the the toxic waste was formaldehyde, and so it just preserved the body. Yeah, that's right. So it's like, ah, how ironic! And they both are like, <laughs> we're gonna have fun adventures or whatever. They never did make a sequel where they're like solving crimes together. I would have loved where that. it's like Bob yeah. Hoskins and forget forgetful man or yeah. whatever. Super rich forgetful because now because they're like. Uh, 
Like the other, the, the police and medics are going like, Dan, Mr. Dan, whatever your name is, the, the guy that you're not, who is super rich, right. come with us. And Bob Hoskins is like, that's right, Dan. Yeah, yeah. And he, so he gets to have all the money now. Because like, you know, it could be like he goes like, actually, I was this other guy, but now he's like, well, maybe yeah, I'll well, after, rich I mean, after his, money. After, his wife is, after his wife is dead, he no longer has a problem with his conscience. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, eh, you know, he was put through, that guy, that poor guy who just wanted to get laid, he was put through a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you know, this Jack character, like, he's probably, he seems like kind of a dope, but yeah. like, eh, yeah, you you can you should have that money. I'd rather have this nice-ish guy have all this money than this absolute psycho that right. t- Tom Berenger actually was, it turns out. Yeah. I don't know, it's fucking delightful. It's a fun movie. I really, really, really enjoyed it. I uh, thought again, knowing knowing where it was going the whole time, the the sort of narr- the peaks and valleys, like the pacing, felt a little slack to me in the middle, like forty five minutes hour ish. But uh, hearing you guys talk about it, not having known what was going on, made me remember how much fun it was. There are some like there there are a lot of like following scenes, yeah, yeah, and kind yeah. of like this, and then like you know, there's the red herring stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of it yeah. seems like again, like knowing where it was going, it seems. Very telegraphed. <laughs> like, yeah. they couldn't. They they basically don't stop going. Like, it's probably the other guy. Yeah, but yeah. it doesn't matter. When it's I still when, so when it comes to the point where he's pulling himself out of the thing, I was like hundred percent. Like, oh, it's him. It's yeah. Him. That's the it's, only thing that could be. But I didn't, great but I didn't shot, necessarily it's know like, why. It's fun. I do, and I think that like that's it's the really cool. That's the thing about twists, right? Is that it's like it's not necessarily that you see it coming or not. Whether yeah. you see it coming or not that like it's bad sure. like if you figure it out great that doesn't mean that right, it's right. necessarily a bad twist uh the sixth sense is actually a better movie once to you know watch what's knowing yeah. the, knowing the twist yeah like it's kind of more fun to watch because you can go like oh yeah i see what's going and on it's How much they... sadder and more affecting yeah yeah <laughs> but but like but like and so i mean but this is also that thing where he does see it and you go like it's gonna be him right. but also it better be him. Yeah, it, it better because that's, otherwise it's going to be him, and it should it be. It has that to be. Would be fun. Even yeah. if you figure that out in the first five minutes, or when they're doing surgery, because right. I was you're when thinking, you see how fucked up his face is, and you're like, Man. You're like yeah, it's gonna, and then they're making him look like Tom Berenger, like he's not Tom Berenger. Right. So when you get there at the end, you're like, this better be him looking. At, he better be holding his own right. dead body, or what was the point of any of this? What's the? Uh, <laughs> what's the? Isn't there the Humphrey Bogart movie that has basically the same the same gag as uh, Dark Passage, where he like gets. He gets plastic surgery, but it turns out he's a different dude. There definitely is. I mean, it's I know I forget if that's the exact like that, the twist. The beginning that. of that one is just that it's all POV. POV. But I mean, I thought that, that he's, was the, he's he got plastic surgery and now looks like Humphrey Bogart. But right. That's he, maybe he wasn't. Thing. That's not what he looked like before. Right. Right. But right. you see it. You don't see that it's Humphrey Bogart for like the first half hour. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> anyway, there's, good movie. There's a there's a a couple quotes, just a couple fun Bob Hoskins things. I mean, this movie has a lot of highlights, but he's my favorite part. Um, but there's a there's a, some great like foreshadowing here that you know it's one of the you know mm-hmm. much like the the twist you're like I know that's foreshadowing and it's supposed to be but where Bob Hoskins is transferring one fish tank fish from t- one tank to another and he's like I can't put these kind of uh, two fish together at this particular time because the rival females try to kill each other <laughs> you're like oh and indeed that's what happens in the plot <laughs> oh my goodness and then la- and then later on speaking of animals because this is about how how much Bob Hoskins likes <clears throat> animals instead of humans. And he's reading. He's reading this book, and he's like, "You ever read the book uh, Animal Farm?" Ugh. And then he's talking about it, and he goes, "It's it's George Orwell's simple tale of animals rising up to overthrow their human masters." <laughs> and you're like, "Have you not finished Animal Farm, <laughs> yeah, Bob Hoskins?" Right. 
Like, that's not what it's really about. <laughs> that movie is about a very specific and definite thing. That book is short, too. Yeah, I read Animal Farm about those animals who overthrow their masters, like, and that's it? Animal Farm is like, fi- I read the back of the it's like 50 pages <laughs> long, too. This guy hasn't finished Animal Farm. Dude, it's a very short book. Finished Animal Farm. <laughs> Come on. You can do it. You can do it while you're watching this movie. Yeah, watch that cartoon of it. That's even shorter. <laughs> uh, ratings. Three and a half Judds. Noise. Uh, I'm going to give it like two and a half Douglases for that sex scene. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ten out of ten filthy talking ribald parrots. Fucking A. Silly old bitch. Silly old bitch. <laughs> uh, That's my second favorite movie parrot. The one for Free Your Eyes Only is good, too. That one that, that clues Bond into the mystery. And that's all. right. Give us a kiss. <laughs> and he makes it talk to Margaret Thatcher at the end. I didn't remember that part. You just watched that movie like four months ago, I, too. That is how I process James Bond movies. <laughs> yeah, forgot about that. Old Maggie Thatch. Uh, I'm, you know, fuck it. I'm giving it four. Okay. I'm going all the way up to four. I just enjoyed this movie to, to hell. It's it's dumb, but I think it's, it's that's not a right problem. Place, it's not, it's I mean, just so f- entertaining and fun and goofy. It's dumb in the and same way great. that like a Hitchcock thriller is yeah. dumb. You know, where you're like, this is a mechanism for set pieces and like right. plot and like it's not like it doesn't have the stu- it doesn't have like the f- deeply weird Freudian no, psychopathy no, no. of like Vertigo but or, or Rear Window but it's still right. good. It's not it's not but it's not tr- I mean, you know. So that's really why that's why I like what you're saying. It's like it's like I want to do my Hitchcock homage. Mm-hmm. Well, you kind of did a bit of a Brian De Palma homage. Yeah. <laughs> but you you know, if your heart's oh, in the man, right place. I wish this was a De Palma movie. <laughs> I mean, I do, I do think this would be better if it was a De Palma movie. Yeah, it's but, still pretty good. It's but still, like, like, I give it up for Wolfgang Peterson yeah. in this one. Like, I mean, it really looks good. He he wound up in movie jail many years later. <laughs> yes, He's still he, in movie he jail. He got in movie jail. We were we were, actually, we were trying to figure out Kevin why. Were talking about it. it was just Poseidon. Was it, was it that big a bomb? Tro- well, Troy didn't do well either. No, I thought Troy was a big hit in Europe. That yeah, but still, it was not a huge global phenomenon like it needed to be. Mm. And then he made Poseidon, and Poseidon like. Died. It just okay. was like he just got killed. It just seemed I like I just feel like directors have done way worse. Yeah. Sure, but he's do. you know he's also old, and then the, sort of the system started to change around that time, and yeah. like that was 2008. I just take my money and live in Stuttgart. What, what happened around the time that movie bombed was Iron Man happened. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah. Wolfgang yeah. Peterson could have done an okay sure Marvel movie. Sure. Yeah. I just I, I like to think that he was just like ah, I did fine. I'm I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I yeah. made Das Boot. Yeah. I made Never Ending Story. Perfect Storm. Perfect Storm, which I don't like. It's at a all. bad movie. <laughs> what if? Okay, stop. Stop me if you heard this one before. Oh. We're gonna make. We're gonna make a movie based on this famous book that's a huge bestseller. That's based on a true story that no one knows and is not in the book because we made up the story because everyone's dead. I didn't know that when I saw that movie. So I remember going to see the Perfect Storm and then they're all dead at the end. I'm like, wait, what the fuck? Well, it turns so, out those sailors fought with each other a bunch, but, but strengthened their their bonds in, but in, like, in the end. Like, and I think this is a that's a problem. With movies always having to be like based on a true right, story, right. because if that was just a fiction film where that would have been fine, yeah. Well, who would have a, exactly? Because you'd be like, but because the whole time you're going like, this is supposedly based on real things, and then you're like, how would anybody know what actually happened? Right. Then you go, well, that's bullshit. But if it's just a 
But movies are bullshit. Most sure. movies are not, are just it's all a, made up. It's a good movie, movie on its own. If it's all made up and you're not saying this is based on real things, and you never, it's like why I have problems with biopics because you're like, well, that probably didn't fucking happen that right. way. But if it was just a movie where like Johnny Cash is a fake character learning to coming up with Ring of Fire while he's watching a movie about his future wife, right? I'd be like, sure, whatever. It's a movie. <laughs> I don't fucking care. <laughs> Those uh, fishermen decided to kill themselves so they could catch a couple more marlins. That's true. Or at least in the movie they did. Yeah. Well, it really happened. It led to like 82 seasons of that that fisherman. <laughs> Some of those guys died too. Yeah, yeah, I guess that is how it works. You ever I mean, go you ever go hang out with those dudes? The fishermen? The deadliest catch guys all hang out at the smoke shop. Really? Oh yeah, man, they get wasted. Yeah, you'd have to. I mean, they they live those, harrowing lives. See those guys party? They party. <laughs> Just crab shots. Oh god, they're insane. Yeah, just crab juice and fucking. <laughs> Give me some more crab juice. Some more crab juice. Why are they Scottish for some <laughs> they reason? You have to be. Yeah. You have to be. Heart, a hearty, a hearty race. The Scotch. <laughs> they really are. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna give it two and a half Dougies. Uh, this, this is a real boobarama. There's like a lot of there. Are, it, it's all great Scotty's boobs, but it's uh, seen in flash. It's you, almost you the same scene, but yeah, it, you see it a but lot. But you just see it over and over again, and then in different shots, and sometimes it'll be in close up, and you're like, Jesus Christ. Boobs are getting a lot of, of airtime in this. <laughs> Two and a half stars of real boobarama was Michael Medved's pull quote on the poster back when this was out. Uh, he's a filthy old Sumka, that guy. Uh, and then I'm going to give it um, like 10,000 foot drop at mm. the end from that, <laughs> from that cliff. I mean, it's unbelievable. I'm going to post that online, by the way. It's yeah. fucking, fucking awesome. Uh I'm going. I'm going three and a half, Juds. Mm-hmm. I'm almost a four, but I, it doesn't quite like go over that edge for me. But I did love it. It's the car super went fun. over the edge. The movie. The did. car went over the edge. The movie's super fun though. Yeah. It's like just one of those where I'm just like I'm. Enjo- I'm fucking enjoying. This- so we watch so many of these, and the part of the 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 game of this podcast is us watching these because like we're ha- we have to, you yeah. know we're like uh, this isn't a movie I would normally watch, and then sometimes it's like fuck this is yeah I see why. I don't know why. Why was this? Why was this genre so popular? And you see a movie like Shattered and go like, "Well, this is." I mean, right. w- nobody makes movies like this anymore, which is like ridiculous because this is the most kind of most fun kind of movie. This movie came out thirty like, years ago. I haven't seen it since it came out, and I remembered the twists <laughs> so well because I was so entertained by it that I was like, "This one always stuck in my head." Like, "Oh, that's the one where he's not not really Tom Berenger. Yeah. That was great." It's just yeah. a straight up. It's just straight up entertaining, and this would be like a fucking. 12 episode TV series. Right. Now. Oh my God. It would be so boring. <laughs> it, but, like, it's, you know, you cram all that shit into an hour and a half and, like, stylishly direct it. Yep. Like, that. you got yourself a, you got yourself a movie, Jack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, three and a half. I'm going to go two and a half Douglases. You know, mm-hmm. that, it's really only that one part, and it doesn't, there's like a part where Joanne Wally, like, tries to seduce him, but you don't see anything. And it kind of doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> it is one of those funny like movie seductions where she just basically, I mean, it's shot from above her yeah. uh, chest, but she basically pulls out her boobs and is like, eh? And then he's like, <laughs> and then he's like, eh? no thanks. And then she's like, boo-hoo. Boobs? And then you're like, okay, well, that was that scene. Yeah. But it doesn't really, it doesn't get too sleazy or slimy. Mm-hmm. Like, she's having an affair. and We used to be lovers. It's the kind <laughs> of movie where people say that. Yeah. We used to be lovers. <laughs> she is a rich tarot reader, yes. I guess. So that's maybe how they talk. Into psychos. Uh, and I'm giving it 10 out of 10, Nights in White Satin. I was Fuck hoping yeah. you would do that. that was Nights in White Satin. Saving that one for you. What a treat. Well, it's not as much of a of a treat, but it's still kind of a treat. I found this movie to be a stupid delight. Yes, I, I found I, this is this is the one. Whereas I enjoyed Shattered, like as 
as you're because as, it was as, good as I think you're supposed to. Right. Like you're supposed to kind of be like, "This is ridiculous," and then Wolfgang Peterson's like, "Yeah, it is." <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is a movie where I was like, "I'm enjoying this." But I don't think it's. I don't think the people who made this think it's as stupid as I do. I'm enjoying this on my own terms. Because uh, it, it also has a. It also has a very a very silly twist that is telegraphed throughout. That you're like, this can't possibly be something that's going to become as come as a revelation to this character. And boy, does it in the silliest way. This movie does it's a thing so that good. I love it when movies do this, and it's a it's. Guy shows up repeatedly in different disguises, and yeah. you're not supposed to know that's the same actor. Oh, it great. is, and it is. Obvious. Obviously the same guy. And it is obviously a guy in like heavy well, stage the, the makeup. The first time it's like, that's a guy in makeup, but I can't tell who the actor is. And right. then that guy shows up again in like the very next scene and you don't even see his face, but I saw his name in the credits and I'm like, oh, okay, that's him. And then he kept showing up in different disguises yeah. and I was like, Jesus Christ. I didn't know his By name. By the way, yeah. it is a murder of crows yes. we're talking about. In the city of New Orleans, attorney Lawson Russell had a client he knew was guilty. We are going to win, aren't we? He not only threw away the case. Was that before or after you stripped her, sodomized her, strangled her? You are in contempt, sir. He threw away his career. So what are your plans? Are you going to sit up in here and stoop? I'm going to go down to Key West. In a place far from home. Mr. Russell. He met a man who wrote a brilliant book. That's novel. My first. About lawyers. What happened? Well, it appears an old man had a heart attack. We're talking about 1998's A Murder of Crows, directed by Rowdy Harrington. Rowdy starring, Harrington. Starring Cuba Gooding Jr. And, uh, uh, I di- and I I didn't see the actor's name at the beginning. I didn't know who the actor was, but I had the same reaction where I, then the next scene you see the guy, and it's a different guy. I'm like, well, that's the same guy. Right. And then he shows up like two more times, I think, as different people, and you're like, well, that's obviously... If that's not the same guy, that is a guy wearing a weird, a, a very well, a very heavy makeup and like a latex mask. Also, he keeps showing up and giving... And this is a plot twist, but he keeps showing up, and, and his name is always a, that of a famous writer. Like and it's like after the third time this happens, Marlo. Christopher Marlowe, Goethe, yeah, and there's like one or two more, and at the, like the third or fourth Jim time Davis. it happens, it's, Jim D- <laughs> <laughs> it's just like come on, <laughs> he's into literature. My favorite thing about this movie, though, and again, I'm I guess we're gonna I'm gonna spoil it right away, is that, that it all hinges on the fact that a serial murderer also wrote a best-selling novel. <laughs> As part of his plan. As part of his plan <laughs> for no reason. Like that that novel needs to be published. Right. It needs to be published for his plan. and it needs to be a, like an international sensation. It needs to be published not by him. I don't right. think it necessarily needs to be an international sensation for his plan to work, but it needs to be published. I don't know because they keep referencing Dante and like this Faustian pact with the devil. Yeah, that's and true. And so, like, it, for the, his plan to his, thematically work, and his plan isn't to kill the guy. His plan is just to test his moral like integrity, is this, and then and, frame him. And he doesn't know the guy. Right? Either. He doesn't even know him. It's amazing. <laughs> is it so because it? Well, what, is there a reason? Well, is I, it because well, the guy doesn't like lawyers? That's it. Well, yeah, because okay. the whole time I was like, well, he must, you know, he must have like prosecuted a case or something where this guy's daughter, whatever. You know what I mean? Like he has to be getting revenge on some. He's like, getting revenge on lawyers. Right, right, right. For is it for? This movie's one extended lawyer I like, joke. I like honestly couldn't remember at the end. Is it for? Something specific, or is it just because he, he doesn't like it's lawyers? It's just because he doesn't like lawyers. This movie should end with 10,000 lawyers at the bottom of the ocean. Right. Like, that's the kind of movie it is. Like, lawyers are fucking everything up, man. Fucking lawyers, am I right? Well, no, Cuba Gooding just... Jr. doesn't get killed at the very beginning by him. He reveals at the end because 
he walks in on him while he's on a phone call going like, I'm going to recuse myself from this case because I don't, I believe it's morally wrong for me to defend this guy. And the guy's like, ah, yeah, you got me. <laughs> and, and, I can't kill you now because you're, that, and that's you're one when, of the good ones. That's when he devises his plan to then test his integrity further. Which is his plan, which is, involves him writing an entire novel. Let's let's go back his to the beginning. Let's go back to the beginning. Okay, sorry. So this it's movie, kinda, I, sorry, we spoiled the twist immediately, but it's not like I think Shattered is the kind of movie that builds to the twist. Right, and this one is kind of almost more fun. If you're discussing it while knowing right. the twist. Right. The, the twist is, in the end, meaningless. It is a twist, but it is a meaningless this, twist. This movie has just the, the most elaborate, stupid plan. I loved it. It's up there. It's, it's so good. It's got this, and it's got this, like, ridiculous... Uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. is an actor who, I, while I don't, like, think is bad, I also don't think he's a good actor, just no. in general. Yeah. And he's... And he's often asked to uh, stretch his abilities. And right. I think he's great in Jerry Maguire. And I think, g- give him an Oscar for that. I think he deserved it. I think he's great. But he's rarely great in other things. And he's also in movies like this where you're like, I don't know if Cuba Gooding Jr. should be playing this part. <laughs> right. like, great in, I don't he's know great if- in radio. <laughs> Did you say radio? <laughs> False! <laughs> but but he's got this voiceover. This is like this, this like... It's like sub Denzel and fallen but voiceover. It's, but it's him. It's like he's very pleased with himself while he's giving it the whole time. It's but, opposite of uh, what we did last episode, where it's like Michael Biehn seems like he's he's just reading it as flat. It's, it's, it's not as bad as that. The weird thing about the it's voiceover in this is that in the structure of the movie, he's telling this to you while he's in jail. Yeah. Yes. And the structure of this movie is also insane. Yeah. So it starts and he's in jail. Okay. That's the first shot. And he's telling this. He's gonna like. I'm gonna tell you the story about why I'm in jail. Yes. You know. It all you started on. I think Fat the first, Tuesday the, the first thing that he says. You, you you see him walking like past a bunch of other fellow prisoners. He's in the orange jumpsuit, and like uh, one of the one of the criminals in the prison goes, "What happened? You lawyer screw you!" <laughs> and, then, a, and then you see lawyer. him behind the bars, and he goes. Nothing makes people happier than a lawyer going to prison. Yeah. And who could blame them? <laughs> Rowdy Harrington is not a subtle filmmaker. No. No. <laughs> With a name, he does live up to his name, Rowdy, I that feel like. That is true. And that's when you get your story, because then it starts- Then it flashes it starts back. It flashing back, and then it flashes back again. Again. So the, then there's a flashback to uh, him on the phone in his office, and he is speaking to a judge, and he is trying to recuse himself from this case. And during Mardi Gras. Yes. And By he is. De- it Fat turns Tuesday. out that he is defending Tuesday, a murderer, Eric Stoltz. Yes. Who shows up? His name is like Thurman Parks. Thurman the Parks the Third, and he like has this awful Southern accent. I'm the most evil Southern caricature you ever done. You ever done see? Wheel. I'm scarier than a bucket of molasses. Somebody fetch me a mint julep. Get me a whole bucket of crawdaddies. Awful. I do. I do. Love, I think Eric Stoltz is fun in this, though. Yeah, and but he's terrible. I think. He, but he's. I think he's doing what he. I mean, he's, sure. We are on. We are in three of our big. Our big cities too. In, yeah. in all three of these movies, we got New York, yeah. San, San Fran, and, and New, New Orleans. Orleans. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, um, Eric Stoltz. I don't think he's he's necessarily good in this, but I think he is. Like, can can I do this? And the his director's like, sure, do a whole whatever. thing. And he's like, I'm gonna have fun with this because this is a dumb part. Yeah. <laughs> and can I do this voice? Yeah, sure, whatever. My so, accent's gonna be terrible. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Ex- I did not expect anything different. Meanwhile, while he's trying to recuse himself with the judge, there's a dude in a devil costume <laughs> with a gun <laughs> yeah. sneaking up on him. That's how it starts. And he's, he's here, he hears Cuba Gooding telling the judge that he wants off the case, and the judge is like, "No, absolutely not. And if you if you shoot the case, if you blow the case, I'll disbar you." 
the the guy in the devil suit is like, ah, I guess I'm not going to shoot him. He doesn't because he doesn't the want. Background. He doesn't want to defend this. Yeah, uh, he fades into murderer. the background. There's anyway, also, this is also funny when he's talking to the judge because he has to get like get the judge is is partying, mm-hmm. and so and someone's like, judge, come talk on the phone, and he comes back in from the the celebration, and he goes, this better be good, Lawson. I'm less than a dance away from getting my dick sucked. <laughs> That's what the judge says. Well, the, well the, the the profession of the law is corrupt. The criminal justice system is a mess. Doesn't work. Judges are getting their dicks sucked. Anyway, so I he, mean, on Fat maybe, Tuesday. I mean, to when be, do you get yours? To be, fa- to be fair, I'm he, no judge. That, that's a, that's a very that's a very crude thing to say. But maybe the we don't know. Maybe this judge is single, and this woman is. Why else, this why else would you become a judge? He's not being. She's not. <laughs> he's not forcing her to do it. Look, it Lawson. could be his wife. Right. I'm about to get my dick sucked by my wife. Which is whom I, I is, love. Which is fine, you know. I just and don't. And then I'm going to reciprocate. I just don't want to. I don't want to slut shaming this this judge and this mystery woman. Yeah. I'm yeah. a man. Maybe he's going to get his dick sucked by a man. That's not the type of organization. I'm sorry we to are. slut shame that judge. We yeah. don't. We don't know this. We don't know who this judge is getting his dick sucked by. That's a real mystery. And it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, as long what? as it's, it's none of our as business. As long as it's between two consenting adults. <laughs> It's none of our business who sucks this judge's dick on Fat Tuesday. <laughs> or if this judge sucks someone else's dick. This, well, judge, that's not what this he judge said he was one dance away from getting his dick sucked. Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> and we celebrate that, Yes, frankly. Sex is beautiful. Absolutely. Meanwhile, dicks, presumably get, while this judge is getting his dick sucked, Cuba Gooding Jr. decides he's going to throw the case anyway. Yeah. Which he does. Yeah. And then he gets disbarred because he's then, a defense attorney, and, and, that's and the his attorney is Marianne Jean Baptiste, who is a very fine actress. But this is also when he, so he's, he he says I'm going to recuse myself, and that's when you get another flashback mm. to him like talking to Eric Terry Stoltz. Stoltz. Eric Stoltz basically why, confessing that he this did. This is why it. I don't like. It. He's like, I knew you would get me off because you're a scumbag just like me. <laughs> it's very guilty as sin sort of stuff. Right, right. Like you and I, we're working together, and I'm evil, and now you're evil for representing me. <laughs> evil guys always like to rope you into their <laughs> evil. <laughs> they love it. <laughs> it just makes them feel better about themselves. And then you see him. Uh, you see him at the in in the trial, and the judge is like, "You better not re- recuse yourself, because I've got my dick sucked, and I'll be real mad." <laughs> and uh, and then he and then he says like, "Okay, I won't." And then he does. Well, he does. He just basically says he did it. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. He puts he puts Eric Stoltz on the stand and goes like, "Isn't it true that you killed?" This yeah. Lady? <laughs> and Eric Stoltz doesn't say anything. He gets disbarred. This reminded Eric me. Eric Stoltz still gets. And off there's somehow. it's a mistrial. It's, it's a, a mistrial. mistrial. Yeah, they clear a mistrial. Yeah. This reminded me of there's an old skits in the hall spit, uh, skit with Dave Foley is on the witness stand and Bruce McCullough is the lawyer. He's like, "Isn't it true that on the night of the third, like you murdered Dan John, Don, Dan Johnson, or whoever his name is?" And and Dave Foley goes, "No, this is so easy. <laughs> Go ahead, ask me another one." <laughs> it's true. Anyway, uh, so yeah, he gets disbarred. That's right, and he's he's like we were talking about this last night a little about he's like uh, he he's like well I got disbarred from being a lawyer so all I had was all this property and rich people stuff to go fall back on yeah. I lost my livelihood so I had to go live in my dad's vast property in Key West in a boat. And all the stocks that I had. Because then at a certain point, he's like, well, sell the stocks. So you're like, I've been spent a year trying to write this book. And man, this, uh, we Living feel really a- sorry for this guy yeah. who <laughs> was disbarred from the thing he liked to do and then has to just gets to has go. Has to fall back on his vast <laughs> property holdings. But he does say that his money starts to run out. Yeah, yeah. He's right. But this is a year A year later, it. yeah. And he does own a house and a boat. And he's trying to write a book. Yeah. Called... And, but instead he's but instead he's just doing fishing guides. Yeah. yeah. Tr- what's the name of the book? Well, it, 
Uh, no, I don't think... It, I don't know if we find out what Cuba Gooding's book is. We don't is. find out what his name is. His we book definitely is. know yeah. what the other book yeah, is. Yeah, the other, the other book, book is called. Yeah. Anyway, so he's given fishing tours in Key West and just like soaking up the, soaking up the scotch and the sun. And one day, a, a very old man in some obvious stage makeup named Christopher Marlowe... <laughs> Christopher Marlowe. Jesus Christ. Comes to, comes to see him, and they, they go out on a fishing... Dick Smith, this makeup man, is not. not. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, and, he, and he's, he, both his makeup is terrible, but he's also like, I would like to assure you, my good man, that I am indeed a real person, despite the fact that I talk in a cartoonish British accent. <laughs> and, and, and indeed, see, and I am very old oh, and feeble. Uh, I can assure you that I am more real than I am. <laughs> Cooper Gooding Jr.'s like, okay. Yep, this <laughs> seems legit. <laughs> hey, the cash is real. Yeah. And the guy, and he's immediately like, this guy hated lawyers more than I did. And the guy they, just they goes They strike on. up a bit of a friendship. Yeah, they, they, they oh, hang out. Everybody's just, he's immediately talking, well, let's talk about lawyers and how much we don't like lawyers. Mm. I'm lawyering. And you're like, why is he? You know, in my country, they call a lawyer a barrister. <laughs> <laughs> what a crazy thing that <laughs> might you know, be. They wear these wigs. It's madness. It's absurd. <laughs> my <laughs> name is. It's preposterous, really. <laughs> my name is Christopher Marlowe. Uh, you know, the guy who actually wrote Shakespeare's plays. But who's who? And who's who's was murdered for it. <laughs> Oh my! Uh, there's there's a really funny line where after Mr. Marlowe's shown up and said a few things and maybe they're fishing, but Cuba Gooding Jr. and his voiceover says there was something very odd about Mr. <laughs> Mr. Marlowe. I couldn't quite put my finger on it. And it's like I I can. <laughs> Hopefully, it would not come up later. <laughs> I. This this is one of those voiceovers that is like explaining stuff that you're watching in some ways, but it's also done in this hilarious way. Yeah. I don't know the voice. It made me laugh because it's just like, what is? Why is it? Why is this voiceover like it's this? What and why? There's a great part later where two characters end up together, and he's like, they deserved each other. <laughs> That's fucking weird. Anyway, uh, so basically, it turns out that that Christopher Marlowe is a writer, and he's written this book. And he's the oldest man in the world. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and he gives Cuba Gooding a copy of his book to read. Hey, why don't you read this? Well, give, me, give me a few of your notes. It's, it's like a, manu- American say it's like your a manuscript, like the only one man. I assure you, there is no other copy. I, I'm an old man. I didn't save to a, a diskette or whatever the term is. <laughs> this is a, one of your CD-ROMs. <laughs> what a, or whatever they might be called. I don't know. <laughs> Computers. This is certainly the only copy, and now I bequeath it to you, and I will go and die. <laughs> Which he does. <laughs> Which he promptly does. And then Cuba Gooding Jr. goes to his house the next day, is like going to give him back his book, I think, or yeah. something. Oh, He's like, I read your book. The book is called A Murder, a Murder of, of Crows. Crows. This is That's this, the name of this movie. This is how oh, he... what? This is how he describes the... <laughs> the book is... Great. <laughs> the book, yeah. by the way, is it is turns awesome. out to be great. Yes, yeah. and he and so he's reading this manuscript, and he's like, "It was a masterpiece of suspense." And that title, I learned that a group of crows is called a murder of crows. <laughs> Quite simply, the book was brilliant. This is brilliant. This is the type of shit that, like, if in a different movie, I would be like, "This fucking sucks." No, but I was, this movie. Yeah. But this movie is 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 pitched at this certain level where you're like. You're like, I think this is this movie is learning, and it's just it's, it's like it is learning things. You know, I learned that I'm, I learned I about know. Christopher Marlowe. Well, it's also, I don't, it's I don't also know. Like, it's so funny, so borderline competent, and like Cuba Gooding Jr. Borderline is, competent is exactly the, the you term know, for like it. it's just per, it's like right on the precarious edge of yeah. just like being inept. 
and 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 so is Cuba Gooding's performance. Yeah. yeah. And you're just like, like you said, if in a, if this was a better movie, like a better made movie, I'd be like, this is fucking sucks. That's but it's true. And if it was a worse movie, it would be like, this fucking sucks. Right. But, but it's, it's so like, perfect. Right, I'm like, this is awesome. I love this so much. It's right, right on now. this edge. It's just sort of like, okay, you're keeping my attention. It's like barely. It's right. like keeping my attention, but I'm also like, this is stupid. <laughs> right. The whole time, Especially, but like it's lying like that. I learned that a murder. You're like, what the fuck is th- what the fuck is this? <laughs> Later on, when we find when he goes through all the names and he's explaining who all the people are that this guy pretended to be. Oh boy, it's like a it's like Rowdy Harrington took a class. I don't know if he wrote this though. I don't know. <laughs> He'd who been taking night classes and just learning all kinds of fun stuff. Huh? He took one on. He took a night class on animal <laughs> but, group but, names. So also, we, we should we should point out that when isn't it interesting? The group of crows is called a murder. I never knew that. Did you know that? Why, yes, I did, Pete. When he when he goes to back to give Mar- Mr. Marlowe his book back, he's met by a police detective who is also played by the guy who played Christopher Marlowe just yes. without the makeup. He's just got a really bad face. He's mustache not a, it's on. not a, it's that mustache dick certainly is, isn't fake. No is, way. He is clearly played by the same yeah. guy. So but so when when <laughs> and this, by the way, Christopher Marlowe was in a lot of old a lot man of old makeup. And he's like, "What's your what's your name again, officer?" And he's like, "My uh, my name is Shakespeare." <laughs> William Shakespeare. <laughs> and he's like, "Hmm, never heard of that name before. Well, maybe I'll learn about it later on." <laughs> Actually, I went to the library using my library card and I learned that <laughs> William Shakespeare is a famous playwright. We didn't learn about that in law school. I also learned that the crust, that the earth is crust, and then there's a mantle, and then, then there's a core at the middle, a molten core. It's an I amazing wish he, fact. I wish he'd said his name was Shakespeare, because that would be more perfect, but instead he says his name is Goethe, the famous German writer. Right. I learned that calico cats are only females. The uh, <laughs> the actor in question is Mark Pellegrino. Yeah, he's, he's in tons of stuff. He was Jacob on Lost. If you yep, watch that's Lost, right. that's where I know him from. So I saw his name in the credits, but then I didn't know he was Marlowe because there was enough makeup that I couldn't tell who the actor was. I just knew it was obviously well, makeup. At that point in the movie, I thought it. it I thought it Stoltz. might be Eric Stoltz because, like, he had been in, in you, right? Because you think, like, oh, they but set then, up this whole. But then they set up this, this whole guy awful shows up character. with a really bad yeah, fake yeah, yeah. mustache and, like, and an obviously phony <laughs> name, yeah, and you're yes. like, oh, it's him. And that's definitely not Stoltz. No. Yeah, there's so much shitty old man makeup. It could really be anybody. But then once once you see the cop with the fake mustache, you're like, "Well, that's the same guy." And, right. <laughs> and so he's like, "Yeah, the old man died and he croaked. He paper locked. He croaked. I am a I am a detective. I am a policeman. You don't want to go inside there. Anyway, I assure you, my name is this, and I am a I detective. You, he's dead, but don't check. This mustache is real. Now, did you have something you wanted to talk to him about? Nah. What you got there? It's nothing. It's a book or whatever. Anyway, bye. <laughs> I guess you're uh, falling for my plan. I mean, I'm a police officer. <laughs> and so he goes and he and he claims the book for his own. He puts the title on it and and puts his name on it and yep. sends it off to be to be published. Because he needs that, he needs that he needs influx that, of cash. He needs that, this. Okay, he's so running out of this, money and he's having too much fun not doing anything. This movie came out in <laughs> this movie came out in 1998. So maybe I mean certainly the publishing industry was different back then. But I mean a guy becoming a millionaire overnight from writing a novel. <laughs> One book. Absurd now. Well, he, he goes to yeah, a... But pu- it is a fucking great book. Sure, it's the right. best book ever written. He goes to a publishing house. It's almost as good as that book in DOA that right. that student writes. Yeah. Or <laughs> the or whatever the, whatever the book <laughs> that M. Nine M. Shyamalan people to- is writing in Lady in the Water right, that yeah. is actually... This book's going to change the world. <laughs> 
And, and there's a lot of little funny factoids about the book that we get to later. But like, he goes to this publishing house, and like every employee in the entire publishing house is like applauding him when he walks in. Also, and then and then you get really, like really fun. Mon- like, oh, the the main publisher lady, who's like his representation, starts making out with him. She's like, "We're having sex and, now." And then they have a really gnarly boning <laughs> scene. Like, we've got, oh yeah, he's like got her standing up and stuff in the mirror. And he's fucking. That's hilarious. a funny shot he's just, too. And there's like a, her. there's like a weirdly gratuitous shot of her boob being pulled out, just so you can see that she has pierced nipples. Yeah, right. I thought that, that was like, going to come like, back. Doesn't come back. I was like, that's got to come back because it's very because it's a close up of her boob, yeah. and then it pans up to her face, and you're like, oh, we need to know that that lady has no, pierced nipples, and that it's actually attached to that lady's it's body. More, it's more, nope. it's more kink shaming from this I movie. I think so because he kind of just yeah, stares maybe. at it, and then he's like, ah, I'll suck on it, sure. Uh, I there's, do- a, there's a really funny shot though after this happens where it, like you see the, him like sucking her boob, and then they kind of like go upstairs, and <laughs> then they then it, they do this thing that movies do where it's like you see this tossed bed, and then the, the and the camera's panning over, and you're like, this is after the sex, because the music's even sounding like yeah, yeah. after sex music. And then the camera pans over to this mirror, and he pops her, and you see him fucking her against the wall, and the music it goes, yeah, and yeah. Like changes. You're like, oh, they're not it's done. Pr- it's pretty long. It's, it's really a long scene. But uh, I also want to, I want not to throw genre books like under the bus, because that's like my favorite stuff that I read. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, also when when this book does blow up, and it is like this, it is it is just a thriller. Like yes. the book, it's not like it is not. It's not like literature. Great literature, right? This book ultimately it's is an airport like, novel. Yeah, exactly. And and yet it's like this. It's this fucking code. worldwide. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Which which are very popular. Sure. But like nobody's going. Nobody's going like the Da Vinci Code, mm. a brilliant work. Because then you, I mean, when you hear about the, the book, the new Nabokov. When you hear about the book, like it's just. Um, it's just a serial killer just a murder book. Yeah. It's just a fucking. It's just book a fucking you read murder on book. the airplane. Oh, that was fine. Uh, huh? This oh, is this what is a twist. Really funny, yeah. like montage yeah. stuff where uh, you see like how his life changes and stuff. And there's a magazine that he's on, and it's it's called Upscale Magazine. Yeah. <laughs> and he's got his arms crossed, like he's really made it. And then it there's says, "There's one where he's shooting pool." Yeah, is Upscale there's, Magazine there's, real? He's yeah. on the cover of Forbes magazine, and it's you see his face looking very in- intellectual and thoughtful. And then it says, "Do we really need lawyers?" <laughs> <laughs> like, because he's these provoked thought, right? And then, and then you find out later, like I think through uh, through a news uh, report or something like that. This is an actual line, and you and upscale you kinda... magazine is is real, real. Wow, wow. Well, well it is, there you uh, go. That sucks. I want I want lowbrow magazine. It is the magazine. ultimate African American lifestyle ah, magazine. Oh, okay. okay. Well, all right, good. Better than Ebony or Jet. So there you go. I'll take according that. to according to the header of their website. Yes, oh, okay. I'll take that over a magazine that's just about upscale lifestyle. Like, yeah. yeah. So I thought it was an upscaling resolutions on DVDs. Oh, that <laughs> now that's a magazine we need. Mm. Uh, but anyways, this is this is like someone on a news report talking mm. about how successful he is, and he goes, uh, he goes, the book. Of this is about. The the book was condemned by the ACLU, <laughs> the American Bar Association, and the American Lawyers Association. Jeez. The ACLU condemned a book? What's the difference between a hooker and a lawyer? A hooker will stop screwing you after you're dead. <laughs> and this this like, lo- this like book that is the greatest book in the history of mankind that sold more uh, copies than the Bible is uh, about a guy who doesn't like lawyers, and so he kills a bunch of lawyers. <laughs> he kills five lawyers. <laughs> 
This book it changes the it changes the world. This book. What's your favorite What's your favorite fake book from a movie? Mine's Old Custer. <laughs> <laughs> Old Custer's pretty good. I don't know. I would have to think about that. I'd put me on the spot there. Sorry, it just it popped into my head because well, as we're talking about this, I just thought of uh, of Eli's interviews in in Royal Tenenbaums. Why would you specifically about? say somebody's not a genius? <laughs> what this book presupposes is maybe, maybe he maybe didn't. He didn't. <laughs> Uh, what Murder of Crows pre- presupposes is maybe, maybe, no, lawyers. maybe no lawyers. The, lo- the story was about a guy who killed five lawyers. It was brilliant. <laughs> it was a condemnation of lawyers. And then at the end of the book, there were 10,000 lawyers at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> and it was a good start. That was the final the final line of the that movie. Was the, that was the original title of the book was A Good Start. It shook the earth to its foundations. It's, yeah. it's a book It's a book that makes this guy a millionaire, turns him into a different person. and Turns then, him into a different dick. And then and, and, and it's, about, it's about a guy who murders five lawyers. <laughs> That's what the book is about. The, the book was the first time anybody had ever postulated that lawyers suck. <laughs> and then uh, my second book was How Blondes Were Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> legally blonde. Yes, yes. was oh, his second book. Illegally blonde. Illegally blonde. Yeah. So what happens next? He goes scratching stiff he's sticker he's at the he's bottom <laughs> of a pool. <laughs> that's how, that's how he kills the blondes. He puts scratching stiff stickers at the bottom of all their pools. <laughs> Jesus Christ! What's that from? That's from it's his second old, book. It's an old joke. That's a blonde joke. It's an old blonde that joke. That's a good one. <laughs> Anyways. Um, Did he ever so, write yeah. a joke about like Polish Polish people being stupid too? Yeah, that's the that's the third we one. Had, that's we, where he lost we everyone. Had, growing up, a submarine out of screen doors. <laughs> growing up, we had uh, we had North Dakota jokes. Oh, okay. Because in Montana borders North Dakota. Oh, that's quaint. And so I didn't until I got older. I didn't realize that those were all just repurpose Polish yes. jokes. Polish, repurpose Polish jokes. I, love and I was like, oh, and I'm like, I guess it's better that it's like North Dakotans because oh, that's not sure. so spe- that's not so specifically racist. Yeah. Being a Polishman, I enjoy the uh, the Polish jokes. But yeah. Anyway, that was a weird time. Uh, so what happens next? My favorite, one of my favorite things in the movie happens right away. Actually, it's like after the big montage, he's at a book signing. Uh, his friend, yeah. his friend, Secrets and Lies shows up and is like, "You didn't write this book," <laughs> and he's like, "He's like, oh, I mean, basically, she doesn't say yeah, that." She's, but she's just like, "It sure." She's seems like, "I had, like I had no idea this. this was in you." It's yeah. It doesn't seem like you wrote this book. Definitely and he's not like, your Ha-ha. voice. Well, anyway, we should hang out again sometime. This is my uh, girlfriend. She has pierced nipples. <laughs> I'm kind of weirded out by it, but I kind of like it. He's 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 signing books for people and uh, and the killer shows up <laughs> in uh, disguise again, with a really fake with a really bad biker like biker like long hair biker wig and like Ray Bans and a and a fake mustache fake nose too I believe <coughs> and he uh, he hey, asks hey, him, buddy what's going on I think he I think his biker ja- jacket says like Satan's angels too it's like a generic uh, offshoot uh, he's talking like game. this guy yeah he's like kind of I'm a biker guy this book this is the best book of literature I ever read done read you, never never thought of never thought of five lawyers being murdered ever <laughs> three you, maybe but five give me a break what is, that's this crazy is pure literature and I should know I'm a biker guy <laughs> and then and then he's like sign it to uh Something this is Dubois. this is weird because it's like he, Dubose, Dubose, and it's like that was interesting because that's not the name of a writer, <laughs> but that's definitely the same guy who was Mr. Christopher Marlowe and Detective Gerda. It's 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 Tom Berenger's name. 
Right. That's right. Because yeah, we've because we've been introduced that. to Tom Berenger at this point. We haven't even talked no, about Berenger. No, he hasn't shown up yet. This is the point that he gets introduced. This is the point that he gets introduced That's because right. then the guy oh, goes right, home right. That's right. and he takes the book and he mails it to the real DuBose. And so the next scene right, is right, Tom right, Berenger right, right, coming right. to work and he gets this package in the mail. He, for, first of all, he's on the phone with his captain. He's like, I quit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's come back from like a fishing excursion or something. He's right. uh, he's dressed like a like a parrot head. Like a parrot head. And he's kind of like a burnout too. He's introduced walking into the into the precinct and someone goes how you doing cliff and he goes worse if anybody knows the character uh hoke mosley that's what he reminded me of, oh which yeah is, uh, which is uh fred ward in miami blues but right. there's a whole series of books that charles williford wrote that are about that character who's like this cop who kind of barely wants to be a cop yeah and has dentures <laughs> yeah but that's what tom berenger reminded me of of like uh, hoke mosley i can sort of see that being deliberate no, I think it was intentional. It was yeah. definitely intentional, but I think Tom Berenger is really f- is fun. He's not in this movie a lot, yeah, but he's yeah. having fun in it. He's having a good time. He is on the cover art, which is weird. It, the cover art the makes it look very sinister. He's the only other famous person in the movie, it's so just, it's yeah. like... This movie is... like When you look at the box art of the posters or whatever, for years I remember having this movie recommended to me by people, and... I feel like they were taking it more serious. I don't know. It, I guess. it always seems so serious. When I finally watched it, I was like, this is a fucking silly movie. Yeah, <laughs> it sure is. It's, it is certainly not like something where you go like, this is a fucking crazy thriller. I'm, I watched it and was like, this is fun, but uh, it's practically a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, DeBose shows up. DeBose shows oh, up. Quits. So he gets this bu- this book, and, and he just takes this book as basically being this killer he's been looking after taunting him. Yeah. But it's also like he's able to use it to like track down uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. Well, because the Cuba tur- Gooding- it turns out that the murders in the book are detail for detail corresponding to real murders of real five dead lawyers. Unsolved That's right. murders. Unsolved murders that, that they've been investigating. And if Berenger was a reader, he would have found out about Cuba Gooding months before. But yeah, but apparently he doesn't read book. books. <laughs> <laughs> to other people, sometimes so at, at a certain point, Cuba Gooding is on the is on the run. And he's so, totally on the lamb, and most of the time, just walking around in plain view. Even though a lot of people go, "Aren't you that famous author? Right. Aren't you the most famous author who ever lived? The guy who wrote the book that changed the world? Didn't you really murder those people? <laughs> and now you're a famous murderer. You're really famous. You are. Re- he's more than famous. <laughs> he's infamous. Infamous. <laughs> you're infamous now. <laughs> Uh yeah so yeah Tom Tom Berenger goes uh, like goes up and uh, and arrests uh, Cuba Gooding he's Jr. like you murdered these people he's like no I didn't he's like you described exactly how they were murdered in your book and he's like oh, oh. and then <laughs> Cuba Gooding Jr. is going like because you know because what does he do does he say I didn't actually write that book that's what or? I would do at this point I feel like at that point you just go like all right. Uh, <laughs> The jig is up. I fucking didn't write that book. But he never says that because he's like, no one would ever believe me. Here's the other, and here's the thing that I was thinking about the whole time. It's like, all he has to do is go, look, I didn't really write the book. I stole it from this old guy. But that old guy doesn't exist. Like, no one can track that guy down. That's true. And he burned the copy of the manuscript exactly. to protect his ass. Right. And it was the one copy of the manuscript. It, it's just so funny that, like, now no one will believe that he's not a brilliant writer. Like, I should, I feel like there could be, like, your alibi is go try to write another book. <laughs> oh, he sucks. <laughs> Yeah, and in his, in his voiceover, Cuba Gooding, uh, Cuba Gooding goes, uh, "I was to use the vernacular, fucked." Mm. Yeah, and uh, and at this point, um, he he still they still don't have like motive or something, so he's able to get out on bail, and then uh, and so he's back at it. He's got like an opulent New Orleans. They're back in New Orleans again. He's got an opulent like New Orleans house. Tom Berenger comes into his house to with a with a search warrant. 
and uh, and he's looking for evidence, and of course there's some evidence planted there that Kuba mm-hmm. doesn't know anything about. <laughs> And uh, and the the moment that he like finds there, there's even a fun scene where they're kind of both like smoking and squaring off and talking to each other, and then uh, then someone's like, "We found all this like extremely <laughs> persuasive evidence. Just it's right, right here. here in like bags and stuff labeled and yeah. whatnot. It, it seems it like says, it might have been planted. It says evidence. evidence on it. Yeah. <laughs> it's evidence to that I am a bad guy. And then he's like, "Take him down." And this is a really funny scene too, because again. Kuba's just a lawyer and then a boat guy. That's all he's done his whole life. And he escapes like the Immediately. all this cop all yeah. the cops. And he kicks a cop right into a wall. It's really funny. It, it's pol- it's like Polaroids of the murder scenes yeah. and stuff. <laughs> Why did you take so many Polaroids <laughs> of your murders? That was a bad idea. We got you now, Jack. Uh, There's actually a book that says like my murder log. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> my murder summer. Yeah. By Cuba Gooding. By Cuba Gooding Jr. Lies. I did it all. <laughs> Every single I have all the evidence here, a Machiavellian <laughs> exercise. Yeah, there is a very athletic action escape scene. Yeah. Where he's like, Oh, I guess he's that football player from the other movie he yeah. was in. <laughs> Rod Tillman. And yeah. at this point he feels like he's gotta figure out who this Christopher Marlowe guy is. Right. Yeah. He's gotta solve the case because no one else is no gonna do it. That's right. Him. Nobody believes so him. So the so he goes to the police station. <laughs> A, of a different city. <laughs> a different city, but still. They don't have like an APB out on him or anything. A very recognizable person. <laughs> He's fine. Aren't you that guy who wrote the book Everyone Loves? No. <laughs> no, I'm actually not the guy. I didn't write that book. Okay. Uh, okay. What do you need? Uh, well, I need I, to know. Is this a real detective? It is not. It is not. <laughs> huh, interesting. But but the person at the, at the, I think it's at the precinct or whatever goes like, uh, no, but that is the that name, is name of, of a, a famous, famous German, German, writer. German writer who did Faust, who and he, wrote the book Faust. And then in his voiceover, he's like, I was learning so much today. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I have learned. I learned that all turtles are, all tortoises are turtles, but not all turtles, turtles are tortoises. There's a quiz. That's like Dracula's and vampires. <laughs> all Draculas are vampires, but not all vampires are Draculas. That's for damn sure. It's true. Yeah, the uh, movie stops in the middle to, for everybody to take a quiz. What have we learned so far? <laughs> Bing! A group of crows is called a herd? No. <laughs> B? Yes. A school? No. Or three? A murder. Ding, 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 ding. Yay. <laughs> That's right. Now back to the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't paid attention. I took notes. Uh, I forget what happens after he sees the, after he goes to the it's, police station. He's like, he, goes to, he goes to find out if the old man, he doesn't, you know, the old man wasn't real, all this. And then he like, he starts trying to piece it together. He thinks it might be Eric Stoltz. Right. He, he goes to into his Stoltz. house and then he's hiding in his house when Eric Stoltz comes in with the, with the lady with that the he lady was boning. Who then he, who then had broke up with him, but then she's excited that he's a murderer on the run because she's like, this book is going to go through the fucking roof. Yeah. And then publishes. they're having, they're like going to get it on. And he's like, they deserve each other, which yeah. I thought was a bit. Weird because the one person is like, like a murderer, a, right? The one person is a murderer, and the other lady is like a like kind of slutty, like but like whatever, like maybe sort of sleazy book publisher. We know she's sleazy because of the nipple ring. Sure, right. Well, plus she's like fucking around or whatever. But you know, like she's like presented it, but like one of these people is much worse than the other because one of them right. mur- killed people, murdered a person, right. like right. just did it. And then he's she, like, they deserve each other. She doesn't deserve They're to both die bad. for like being good at her job and having a nipple and ring. wanting to have. Do we, do and we wanting to have sex. She's going to be killed. Well, well, no, no. But I mean, this guy is this he guy is a murderer. This guy is a murderer, and he he's ju- like, and, I he's, could, and he like leave. He's like, I could just get away with it. Yeah. So like, you know, 
it's I don't know that she's gonna be murdered, but I also feel like the movie going being blanket saying it certainly doesn't care if she does. All that's all right. of these characters we don't like are the same level of bad. Is like right. I don't know if that's true. Well, I mean the moral rel- the moral relativism is the, entirely the point of the movie. Yeah, right. And Cuba Gooding Jr. is like they deserve each other. Says the guy who stole a book right. from a dead guy and passed it off as his own. For money, <laughs> it's very stupid. Which maybe, maybe there's supposed to be, maybe it's supposed to be rich, rich with irony or something. But. Yeah, it's not. Though. <laughs> and then, and then through a it's series, poor with a irony. how does he track down the po- the college professor? I swear to God, I don't know. Yeah. I couldn't he figure finds, this out. He finds him through his housekeeper somehow, but I don't know the connection. Oh, he like he yeah, just he, does though. But he no, he find yeah, he finds no, he finds out that he's who he is before. Because he, he goes to his college class, right? Right. Or no, or do we just this see is after, that guy's yeah, like He class. finds his housekeeper's name, and then he follows her to the house that she, and then that's that guy's house. Are we seeing and this then, guy then teaching then class while he's in his house or something? He breaks into I the house remember. and finds the... Uh, and finds he, the he finds stuff. the disguise room. He's he like, all he's like yeah. at the guy's desk. It's really funny because he's like apparently just looking at the ground the whole time, and he's looking <laughs> around for evidence. He's on the desk. He's checking the computer for. And he like looks over all and these names, like... and he doesn't find anything on the computer. He, he look like looks for connections, and he doesn't find anything. And then he like slowly looks up and sees a huge poster that says Christopher Marlowe, <laughs> and like because it's about the author or something. And he like pounds the desk. Crows, God damn it! A murder of crows and stuff. <laughs> a murder of prose. Oh, and then he looks around a little bit more and finds the room that has all of the masks that the guy or the the, the disguises that the guy wore they, all laid out they nicely. They practically have like labels of the Christopher Marlowe old man in quotes. Yes. Biker guy. That's <laughs> really funny. But then the, the meanwhile, housekeeper, this guy's this guy's like a uh, is a college. He has uh, an English nothing, professor. Never no, he's met a him he's before. a drama he's a drama, drama. instructor. Yes. So he's so it's like because it's even funnier because it's that thing where he's like I'm going to test out my acting skills by pretending to be three I entirely use, different people. <laughs> I can use my experience treading the board. Because that's how you know. Oh, because he's guys he's, he's a th- he's a theater guy, so that's how he can like. Nobody you know, likes theater people too. They all suck. Well, yeah, it's true. <laughs> Only a real actor could do that British guy, that that British cartoon character. <laughs> Only a real actor. <laughs> Only a real actor could pull off biker at a book signing. <laughs> Has studied at Juilliard. Yeah, and he, he could have just hired people to do this too. Like, just go get a book from the guy. He wouldn't, he wouldn't have to hire to people. He could have just used his kids from his acting class. Right? That would have been funny. Here's your assignment. Go pretend to. I'm going to give you a very specific direction. Now right. go do this. It's like in okay. Fight Club when he's like, "You got to start a fight today." It's the same thing. <laughs> and the kids would do it because they're like, "This is what I paid for." Yeah, I right. guess. <laughs> I don't fucking this, know. This is this is Hollywood Upstairs Medical College <laughs> <laughs> acting uh, school. Yeah, Hollywood Upstairs Medical College acting school. Yeah. And this is and while he's teaching while this guy is teaching while Jacob is teaching Isn't his students, he teaching he's Faust? Talking, he's talking no he's teaching Hamlet, Hamlet or no okay. uh, Macbeth. Uh, Macbeth. Macbeth and he's like and you could you could say that Shakespeare was talking about the pitfalls of ruthless ambition and you're like whoa oh, that's Jesus. the theme of the movie just like all lawyers I guess ruthless ambition leads to its own destruction right students uh, wink wink boo and then uh, at this point. Uh, <laughs> It's like what's bad about this movie is also what's good about sure, it is that it's is that it's like does that and it goes like right isn't that the theme of this movie and you're like fuck you <laughs> also I'm, that's fine that's I'm, yeah. the, I'll allow it <laughs> this is basically the scene where uh, uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. confronts him yeah. in his house 
And uh, and the guy kind of like explains what happened because because it was one of the classic Star Chamber scenario where like his wife and daughter were killed by some guy. Right. But the lawyer got him off because he didn't he wasn't Mirandized properly or mm, some that shit happens. like that. It's, uh, just, you know well, he thought the other guy was going to Mirandize him. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, should be blaming the cop, not the lawyer. Him, we got to let him go. It's some it's Tom Berenger's fault from yeah. the other movie. Yep. And so he, he so he went and killed all those people in revenge. And so his whole very... his whole plan was. He was going to kill all these lawyers, and then he finally was going to kill Cuba Gooding Jr., yep. but when he found Cuba Gooding Jr. about to recuse himself from this important case- While he was dressed and, as and the devil. Jeopard- and jeopardize his career, he thought, ah, maybe I won't kill him. Instead, I'm going to make an elaborate plan to test his moral integrity that involves me writing a best-selling novel- <laughs> And tricking him into passing it off as his own, because clearly that's the kind of thing I think this guy might do. Uh, so fucking good. Another option would have just been like writing a best-selling novel and having and being a best-selling novelist, or picking another lawyer to kill. Just pick <laughs> one, a different one lawyer. Who it. Like, who maybe deserved it a little other bit ones. more. I'll bet where I bet the neighborhood Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character lives in. There's another there's lawyer. There's gotta like, be another two lawyer. doors down. Who's like? Who's like? Oh yeah, he's throwing everybody under the shrimp boat. Also, you know who gets to get away clean? The murderer. That's right. Like the guy that you he know, gets he's, away clean. he's he's recusing himself because he knows his client is a guilty murderer, and and this guy is like, well, I'm gonna let that go because, but <laughs> then but bananas. then but but then by him doing that, he's just as the, bad. The murderer does get off, and well, I mean he's already a murderer anyway, so maybe he doesn't care about murderers. He just wants to get lawyers. <laughs> he just hates lawyers now. Honest to God, the why last... didn't he kill the guy who killed his wife and daughter? <laughs> That would have been a good. Did he like, not? I mean, do we know that he didn't? I don't. We I don't, don't think I they don't say think it. It doesn't the, come up. All the people that he killed that we know of were lawyers. Lawyers unrelated to his case. Unrelated to no. He just found a bunch of sleazy lawyers. <laughs> lawyers who were bad guys, I guess. Mm. Everybody hates lawyers and theater kids. <laughs> that was Cuba Gooding Jr.'s fifth novel. Was about people murdering theater kids. <laughs> it did. It was not a best. Not song. as no, good. Oh, he really lost well, it. Well, I mean, he lost it. So then at some point during this con- confrontation, uh, there's guns being pointed at each other, and then uh, Tom Berenger shows this up so promptly funny. gets murdered. It's so funny. <laughs> he shows up and is like, hey, stop doing that, and then gets killed. Tom Berenger's like, I heard it all, and it turns out that Cuba Gooding is, in fact, uh, innocent, so uh, let, let's go home. And then the guy, and then the, he, and takes, the guy he, got, puts, he puts down he one takes, gun. He takes the gun from him. He's like, okay, let's go. And but he, he shoots, him, shoots gun. him with his second and he pocket him gun. With a different gun. And he shoots him in the chest. And for a split second, you're kind of like, maybe he had a bulletproof vest on because he's, he's alive. He's going, oh, oh. And then you see a trickle of blood through his chest. And you're like, oh, he's. And then the moment that you see that trickle of blood, the guy shoots him in the fucking head. <laughs> Same place he gets shot in the head and uh, shatters. It's true. Oh, man. Two headshot barringers. It's so funny, though. You're like, well, I, well he's dead. <laughs> He's definitely dead. And a struggle ensues. A struggle ensues. And then you get this. this and movie's then, great. And, and then Cuba Gooding Jr.'s voiceover is like, I sure was in a pickle. Here's yeah. what I learned today. <laughs> if I killed this guy, they were just going to think that I... And he's pointing a gun at him. He has the, he has the upper hand. And he thinks that... Uh, and he's saying to himself, he like, they don't. everybody else doesn't know all this stuff. So if I kill him, it's just going to be like I broke in and I was getting... I killed, you know, I was killing another guy like I... And know, I killed this cop, too. And I killed this cop, too. And, and he's like, well, fuck it. <laughs> he kills him. And you're like, well, he's in a pickle. There but is a preponderance of evidence at the scene that could exonerate Cooper. I guess that's Jr. true. I guess that if is true. If only he would admit to faking writing the book. And who knows? We don't know if he does that or does not. He? He doesn't, no, we does don't it reveal that he out. does or not? I don't think Damn so. Uh, because, so so the moral it, quandary was not ever 
solved. Like he he then gets away with all those millions well, he, from the book and doesn't go to jail for murdering. He, people. he solves the moral quandary in his head essentially because while he's pointing a gun, he goes he says something like, "Yeah, I am guilty, but so are you." And then he kills him. And so it's like, well, I guess he's come to terms with uh, his dishonesty or something. And then he kills this guy. Well, that solves and then that. It, and then it's and then you're like, uh, well, he's in a. A bucket of shrimp a here. Dilly of a pickle He's in of a, a jam. Dilly of a pickle, and then he, and then it's the perfunctory ending is also really magical, where he just goes like, and I went to I went to uh, court for it, and I had a, I had a bunch of money because I was a famous author, and I hired a nice lawyer, and, and I they found got me not, off. they actually show him being found not guilty in the yes, courtroom, they do. and then the movie just ends with him like sitting on the dock, like drinking and going like, oh man, what a crazy world. The judge from earlier in the movie who hates him, yeah. because the ju- the dick suck judge who should have to recuse himself reads the, <laughs> <laughs> right. he, but he reads the thing and he goes, you're not guilty, and then you see him smile a little bit like, ah, he's all right, yeah, good, and, and you're like, what? what? And then in his voiceover, he actually goes like, and the book was such a big hit that I was set for life. The end. <laughs> Kind of ending. It's so great. It's fucking wild. And what did we learn? I don't. I don't fucking know. Don't do it again. <laughs> no, do it again because no, <laughs> you'll get away with it. Well, Cuba should, certainly shouldn't write another book because he does not. He have can't. It. This this, this, this <laughs> he, he, deranged, he was, We actually see him trying to he was write trying earlier. To write a he book just, and he's like, and it's his it. page six. He couldn't get there. He actually says like writing is hard. Yeah. <laughs> turns out. Uh, it's just, it's a treat. It's you a got any more treat, quotes? Movie. Great movie. Um, it's fun. There's a there's a funny Behringer line where um, uh, the Jacob or whatever his yeah, name Mark ends Pellegrino. up being is pointing a gun at uh, Cuba and he goes, "I will kill him." And Behringer goes, "It's your carpet." It's <laughs> a pretty pretty good line. Tell me, Tom Behringer isn't in this a lot, but he is he is like he's doing he's drunk f- and sleepy. He is fun this whole the whole he time. Is fun. I, I, I enjoy him. He's probably I enjoy his performance yeah. in this movie. Fifteen twenty fun. minutes total. But here's another uh, great Behringer line where like someone offers him a drink and he goes, "No, I don't touch alcohol. It makes me happy." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get what kind of guy this is. <laughs> yeah, a barrel of laughs. Mm. And here's a scene where uh, where his uh, pu- his sexy nipple ring publisher lady is leading her into, into his house and she's like we're totally gonna have sex and he and she goes she lives in a huge mansion yeah. and she goes oh it's not there, much she goes there are 15 bedrooms and and Cuba goes just enough oh, <laughs> they're gonna have sex in every room <laughs> wow that's that's so sexy that's a lot of sex <laughs> think of all the same similar kind of sex they can have in each one of those rooms nothing sexier than 15 different sex we've scenes. got the caveman room we've got the the, <laughs> the Roman, janitor's closet the janitor's Closet could be the janitor. You could be the janitor's wife. Just in here to get the wet dry vac. Don't, Don't mind me. <laughs> uh, I wish that they showed all fifteen themed oh, rooms man. in your mansion. There's like a there's like a farmer like a barn room. It's like got a hayloft yeah. in it and stuff. There's a cow in there. Wow. You know Spared what? no expense. You know what? Like I bet most people who have fifteen room mansions. Don't fucking theme all their rooms, but I would. I would theme those fucking, rooms. Fucking theme those rooms, because who's gonna? Who gives a shit? Yeah, and then man. people come over, they might be like, "What? What are they gonna think? It's tacky." You could just who Airbnb, cares? You're you fucking could, rich. You could just Airbnb them, stay in the Twin Peaks room. Yeah, seriously. Any billionaires listening to this podcast? Theme your Send rooms. Send us a billion dollars. Fucking rooms. Theme your rooms. And not like and not like your kid's bedroom. That doesn't count as a yeah. theme. You know, hang a bunch of airplanes <laughs> up. Fuck that. No, boo. And oh, if you have oh like, no, actually, that could work. A uh, dead kid's bedroom, like from a from like. Oh yeah. Where I, it's like you've kept it the same for for yeah. twenty years since your son was murdered or <laughs> disappeared or whatever. I'm, I'm sorry, one that's of your kids. A, 20, we call this the eight millimeter room. That's a good theme. Okay. I, I'm sorry, one a, of your kids died. Oh, we didn't have a kid that died. We just wanted to do. <laughs> we just wanted to do a dead kid room. 
room. This is a themed room. It's like uh, <laughs> this was, what, is what, what it would have looked like if one of our kids the, had died. What if all of the room? What if Stephen King's mansion probably has a bunch of themed rooms? It's all the dead kids. It's uh, Georgie Jesus from It, Christ. the brother from Stand By Me, kid from Cujo. Kid from, so many dead kid rooms. All these dead kids rooms. We haven't. And then then he's like, and every 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 one of them was like, oh yeah, we haven't touched that in thirty years. <laughs> it's exactly the same as the last time he was there. We'll flip out if you change anything. We have not moved on. <laughs> from from, the, from wow from these fictional child murders anyway. Dark. I'm crazy. I've lost it. Uh, that's Stephen King talking. Uh, ratings. <laughs> from there straight into the ratings. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. uh, I I'm giving this three juds. Yeah. Even though it's like it's pitch, and I enjoyed it as much as a four jud movie. But in terms of relative quality, it's only it three juds. It is a bad movie. Yeah, yeah. It's terrible, but I had so much fun watching it. Yeah. So only three juds, but still. Uh, I'm going to give it three Douglases for for the, the kink shaming, <laughs> the, the nipple ring, and the, the really, really terrible sex scene. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 obvious disguises. Ah, thank God you didn't take the, the easy one no. that, I'm, that I am going to now take. And Kevin is screwed. Uh, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna give it three as well. It's not quite resurrection level bad, joyous, joyous bad movie. I mean, not a few things are as good as that, but it's real fun, as you could tell, listening to how, how much we enjoy talking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what did you say, Douglas's? Three? I gave it three. I'm gonna be. Yeah, I'm gonna say three. There's that that scene where he pulls out that nipple ring and just stares at it goes on for a long time. It is very mm-hmm. sleazy. And then you think it's over, and it's not. And it is an. Ex- and it is like, by the way, just an ex- a close up. Uh, extremely gratuitous close-up of this lady's boob. Yeah, like it's no, it never like you, you. It's it's that kind of thing that well, both of us thought that's got to be something that comes back, right? Because they show it for so long. Because they show it for a long time. Yeah, and it makes they just a, wanted you to enjoy this boob. It makes a point of showing of going like right. It's it's also the kind of movie that like where it opens and it's like Fat Tuesday slash Mardi Gras or whatever yeah, yeah. it is. Then they, they have to show a lady flashing her boobs and, and some guys going like, "Show us your tits!" Yeah. And then this lady indeed Woo. does that, There's and no everybody reason. cheers. You get it. They show a wide shot of the celebrations. You don't have to show it, but no. it, that's the kind of right. movie it is. Yeah. So three Douglases, and uh, I'm gonna give it fifteen fucking rooms. Mm. <laughs> fifteen themed rooms. What did you do? I did ten out of ten obvious mm. disguises. Yeah. Fuck, there's nothing else in this movie. Uh, I'm I'm going th- I'm going three Juds too. It's like basically for me, it's basically like a two and a half Jud movie, but it because it's it's not good. Yeah. It's not a good movie, but it is like well, that was fun. Yeah, <laughs> that was dumb, and it was du- it's dumb fun. Definition of that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. th- I'll go three Douglases. I was gonna go two and a half, but after discussing that, yeah, that is because the because the nudity is like sleazy. It is in a way where it's very all very gratuitous. <laughs> Like you could cut out that scene where she has sex with him, right, and imply that they have a relationship, and you would you don't need that. But instead, it's like no, no, no. It's going to be a long sex scene where they're having <laughs> sex in this room. But before that, it's going to be a long. We're going to hold on a close up of this lady's boob yeah. for a long time. She's going to walk around in a thong, all that stuff. <laughs> and, uh, I'm giving it. Uh, I'm giving it one best book ever written. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Better than the more, tra- of, more transcendent than a, anything. A murder of crows, best book ever written. It's about five lawyers who are murdered. <laughs> suck my dick, Tolstoy. <laughs> suck the, suck the oh. judge's dick, Tolstoy. <laughs> yeah, that, and that's uh, runner up would be ten out of ten. Dick suck judges. <laughs> dick suck judges. Dick sucked. Okay, well we did it. We did it. 
These are they, this was surprisingly uh, surprisingly good stuff for, for Berenger. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I actually did them. I recommend in, all of these movies. I did them in the in a good order too, because I got I did something to someone to watch over me first, and I was like, I was glad I got that one out of the way because the other I watched them all back to back one night, and like that was just, that was definitely the one. If I'd been on that, the third one, I would have been tempted to be like, I don't know if I want to watch this whole movie. <laughs> right. Yeah. But like by the end, I was watching Murder of Crows, going like, Yeah, fine. <laughs> this is fine. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, what are we doing next time? Well, next next one we got a good one. I think I'm I'm looking forward to this episode. Mm-hmm. This episode we're gonna I, call planes, trains, and automobiles. Three two movies I haven't seen and one movie that I I quite enjoy. We're gonna do one movie set on each method of transportation. Mm-hmm. So we have Turbulence, starring returning star Ray Liotta. <laughs> will, will we finally are we gonna find out who had who sex finally with Ray had Liotta sex with Ray Liotta's wife? wife by Ray Liotta? By Ray Liotta? <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, I'm sure I'm sure it will come up. I'm sure it will come up. <laughs> Uh, another another returning guest, uh, Switchback, starring Dennis Quaid. That wow. takes place on a train. Isn't Glover in this too? Glover Danny is Glover? in that too. Wow. Yeah. And and finally another return, John Dahl John is Dahl, back yeah. with Jeez. Joyride, starring uh, starring returning uh, returning to the podcast, uh, Steve Zahn. Steve Zahn. Steve Zahn's back. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's going to be a good episode. I think all three. I haven't seen I haven't seen Turbulence or Switchback, but I do I do quite enjoy Joyride, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm looking forward to watching the other ones. Enjoy Joyride. I'm, I will enjoy Joyride. The so until then. So what? until then. Until then, everybody uh, rate and greatest five stars and give us glowing reviews and share this around with people. Get on the Patreon. Get on the Patreon. We're trying to we're we're trying our damnedest to get to fifty Patreon yeah. subscribers so we can do our five Douglases yeah. episode. Get and, us to fifty. Uh, there's there's well, there's a lot of good stuff on there so already. Much, so, so much stuff. For four fifty a month, you're you're getting a bevy of of things right now. Yeah. Um, by the time this comes out, I believe we will have have already posted about our, our coloring contest, so that might be over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so maybe we already got to 50 at this point. <laughs> I hope so. Come on. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess until then, the suspense is killing us. Bye. Bye. Because I love you.